Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Victory Monday. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, an historic weekend in the city of Philadelphia. Not only do you have the undefeated Flyers, but you have the Phillies who advance to the NLCS. They take care of business against the world champs, by the way, who they booted out of town. And then you cap it off last night by the Eagles beating the Cowboys, not just anybody, the Dallas Cowboys, to remain undefeated. This is about as good as it gets. Welcome in, fellas. How we doing, man? What's it's going a on, wonderful guys? day. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. That's all. It and is. It number is. positivity to talk about. And I see everybody in the chat section is already fired up. I am with you. How can't you be fired up? And who's the who's the cowboy weasel that, that has uh, infiltrated the, the chat room the, the, over the last couple of weeks? Right. Where's he at now? 
That, that, that's the question I'm asking. Is he under his rock where the West of the Cowboy fans exist until they know. until they somehow beat some stiff? We, we, well, we welcome all comers, man. But that was awesome last night. The Eagles took care of business. It, it had a very similar script, if you think about it, to what we've seen a lot this year, but in particular the week before in Arizona, where when you had to have a late drive, you got it. And this time it was a touchdown to put the game away. So that was awesome. I, I mean – I don't even know where to start. There is so much happening right now. It, it is a blessed time in Philadelphia sports. Let me ask you this, Rob. You being the native Philadelphian that you are and the historian that you are, compare this, this to any other week. And when you talk about the perfect storm of pro teams in this city, um, compare this to another weekend you might have ex- experienced in your lifetime. I don't I, – I, Derek, the answer is I don't recall. I don't recall – a weekend with this kind of significance and weight to it, like where a, a baseball team advances to a national champion, uh, national league championship series for the first time since Oh nine, where a football team remains the lone undefeated team in the entire league. And they beat the Cowboys who had been, let's face it, had their number. Um, and, and you're on the cusp of a sixer season, which we're not even thinking about starting tomorrow. And the Flyers won. And not only that, there were so many moments along the way. Like Reese Hoskins' home run Friday with the bats, the bat slam. Uh, the, the Rail Muto inside the park home run. And then you go to last night. And the best part of last night, to me at least, was the end of the game when the Cowboys are coming unglued and they're, they're dirty plays against Kelsey. Micah Parsons loses his mind. Like Nick Diggs. Sirianni. Diggs. Diggs lost his mind. Nick Sirianni screaming across the field, you know, bleep you like I, I mean it was it was like a movie it, it was like something was written not played out in reality like happened so i don't know derek i don't re- i can't remember in all my years something that compares yo this. remember when we were on breakfast on broad when we first started out this is in 2015 we were like in the the worst uh sports era ever during that time period the yeah. eagles sucked uh the, the sixers had just started the uh, what was what was the what was the GM's name then? Uh, Sam Hankey. Yeah, Hankeyism when he started, you know, just losing on purpose, putting a big league team out there that had just started. The Flyers started out sucking, then they 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 hit a little run, but you know, it was like the worst basketball I've seen out of the out of out of an NBA team. The, I mean, it, there was nothing that we could rely on to talk about during that time period that was positive. The baseball team was. The worst I've ever seen, you know, um, Ruben had just, you know, got fired and they were going into that transition right then. But look at now, you know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the the big four sports are looking, you know, with, with a bright future, at least, mm-hmm. you know, even even Flyers, you know, with them winning two games in a row. I mean, something positive to say about them and, uh, you know, what they have going on now. Um, last week, um, when we were talking about the Flyers and we were discussing, is there legitimate interest in the Flyers right now? This team was in such a feeding frenzy with the Phillies and the Eagles. And I said, if the Flyers got off to a good start, the fan base would gravitate towards the Flyers, new direction, a lot of curiosity about, are they just as bad as they were last season? Would there be a turnaround? The best thing that could happen to that team to, to be entrenched into all of this enthusiasm and excitement was for them to get off to that 2-0 start. Because now I'm even looking at on, on social media, people are talking about the Flyers also. 
you know, I'm waiting for people. We were waiting for people. You know, Flyers expect as expected. They suck. No, Tortorella's got him play. I don't know what he's doing. It's still early in the season. Let's see if they can sustain this and stay relevant the whole season. But right now, people are like, wait a minute. The Flyers are two and zero. Right. That was a lot of the scuttlebutt you heard around the casino as well. Um, you know, people entrenched in football. You're talking Phillies. And uh, hey, by the way, if, can you believe the Flyers are two and zero? Yeah, and Carter, Hart, and Carter Hart's playing out of his mind the first two games. Well, I yeah. think that's what he, you know. That, that's what Chuck wanted to focus on when he brought in Tutorello. He he wanted to make sure that he can get his 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 um his goalie yeah. in the right mindset. You know, well, with the goalie comes you know way this team goes. No, no doubt. Look, I I just think there's so much happening right now. It's almost hard to process. And and I'll tell you what it does. It makes get it. You know, the turnaround that a lot of people had who watched the game last night had to get up early today, it makes that turnaround that much sweeter, right? Right. The Eagles lose last night or the Phillies get knocked off this weekend, man, you're dragging today. You got a little bit extra pep in your step because the teams take care of business. There are very few things that can do that, like sports. They can kind of change things for you. And, Absolutely. And, and change your mood and change the the entire outlook of a, of a city. That's what makes it so special. It's why we love sports. Sports cross all barriers, all race, creeds, uh, you know, economical status, you know, I mean, everything. It, it crosses all barriers. So you can sit around a water cooler and hate somebody, but still be able to converse with somebody about sports. You know, there's something that you like about sports. You know what I'm saying? All races, genders, you name it. Yeah. And right now we're going through some pretty good times in sports, man. I'm, I'm just I'm just sucking it up, taking it all in. Yeah, you know that's the key, Bear. Smell the roses. Like right, this doesn't right. happen often. Enjoy it, savor it. Don't don't be. Oh, oh, let's go to the next one. Like I think the Phillies have shown us they've done a really good job of celebrating in the moment. Like if you watch them on the field Saturday, then in the clubhouse, then they roll to Xfinity Live and they're partying there with all the fans. Like I and I think that's great. Like enjoy and savor the moment. The next day you're on to your business. But take it all in. And I think today is a take it in day because, we're, man, the game ended, what, uh, 13 hours ago. Okay? Right, right, Enjoy right. Enjoy the right. game. And you know, Phillies and, and, don't play till tomorrow. Enjoy it. Suck and, it all up. And you see what happens when, when, this, when this type of thing happens. The sports start crossing. You know what I'm saying? The streams yeah. start crossing. You got Embiid showing up for baseball <laughs> and football games. You yep. know what I mean? It starts, it starts bringing the city together. You know, I mean, hell, you might look around and and find, uh, you know, uh, Carter Hart at a football game or something. You know, you never know, man. Well, you know what I thought was really cool, too? It was a funny moment. You guys probably saw this. And Bede's on the field, and he's playing around. He's throwing the football. You, you can tell he has no idea. He's not holding it by the laces. It's this just is not like, the football I play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play on a different football. Right, right. This is not my football. Uh, <laughs> A.J. Brown comes over to him. A.J. Brown's a big dude, man. Right. Okay? <laughs> and you can see – that he goes like that, like they dab each other, and then and then he kind of goes like, like this, like Joe, like dude, you, damn, you're big, man. Like even they, you look big on TV, but you're really big. Right, and then right. there was another really cool moment. I think Embiid was getting ready to get off the field, and he spotted Kelsey, and, and Kelsey spotted him, and Kelsey came walking over, and you could just tell the mutual respect that the two right, had for one another. Right, it was just one right. of those moments where I was like, that's you know, like game recognizes game. Right, exactly. and those two sort of just looked at each other like, "Yeah, all right, we both know we're badasses." It was just really cool. It was a it was a great night in general, um, and just man, it, it just it just finished the weekend off perfectly. It really did. I enjoyed, man. Just just 
everything that, that went with this whole weekend. You know, I mean, it was it was truly, you know, I, I, I wasn't playing around. It was truly hard for me to sleep this entire weekend, starting from Thursday on. You know, I was just eating up everything I could, you know, mm-hmm. just just eating it up, taking it all in, man, because you you never get time. Dude, what, what what is going on? We are we are we are a series and a half away from, you know, a World Series. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, and, and it's crazy. You know, right now. The Eagles are the top team in the NFC might be an entire NFL. I would say the entire NFL. I mean, you look at the two Titans, you know. Yeah, the Chiefs Bills the picked Bill, off the, the Chiefs. The, the only one I would exclude are those two. But you're right, right Barry. Yeah, you know? You're certainly right in the NFC. You keep watching teams week in and week out. Green Bay. Uh, Minnesota all of a sudden is 5-1, and one, by the way. Just right. Just up on it. And the only loss is? Giants, yeah, too. But Minnesota, I think Minnesota's a fraud. You no, know? And because right. that's three straight weeks. They've had to rally to beat teams they should have handled. You know, I'm still not sold on Minnesota yet. Right. You so, are but, what your record says you are. But, but the point is, Niners lose yesterday. Uh, yep. Packers lose again, second straight week. Yeah. They lose. Tampa yesterday. Bay. Tampa Bay loses to a bad Pittsburgh team. You know, yep. the Rams have looked wholly unimpressive. Uh, the Cardinals lose to the Seahawks. Like, you know, the Eagles have managed each and every week to not fall into that trap that a lot of these other teams fall into where they just don't show up on any given Sunday. Bro, They've they shown understand. up every single game. Yep. They're not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. They're not. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's great that that stuff is happening around them. So they see that they understand that you can get beat any given mm-hmm. Sunday. You look at their record. I mean, and, and look at the rest of, I mean, look at the schedule. They could really be 11 and Oh, I mean, they could literally be 11 and 0 going into the teams they have to play. They yeah. got that Steeler team next. I mean, come on, man. I mean, and they're coming off of a, a bye week. Right. So, and, and they're probably as healthy, if not more healthy, than any team in the league. Like, you're, you're going to get a, an extra week to let Lane, you know, heal up. And we know concussions, you never quite know. They're very right. serious. But right. some right. of the other guys who were banged up Dickerson, but, you know, get whatever ails him. Yeah. Down. You know, Kelsey. Yeah. He needs to spend some time in that. Um, in the, I mean, he'll do – all these guys will do it. They'll be – I mean, there's no going anywhere with them. They're going to be right there getting treatment, making sure they're getting their bodies healthy. Because this is this is, this is is where you're going. This is the – this is this is where you get into play. This is playoff football, you know what I'm saying, yeah. from this point on. You're jockeying for position um, on whether you're going to play the first week or you're going to have that week off, you know what I'm saying? It just gives you, you know, an extra game – and what you don't have to play that you're going to be advanced in this in the playoffs. Yeah. So you're jockeying for it right now. That's exactly what you're doing. And, and in a good way, the teams in the NFC East are keeping heat on you. With the Giants right. keep winning, man, you, you, they're they're right. Only one game be behind you, right? Now. Da, da, da. You know, da, da. And, and the Cowboys, once they get Dak back, are probably going to look like a different team offensively. I mean, Cooper Rush got exposed to uh, to an extent last night, but nonetheless, I mean, this is it's gotten very very interesting here. And the Eagles are a team that. When they have to have that drive, they're able to put that drive together. And you saw it last night, and they leaned heavily on the run. Was it 11 out of 13 plays, runs? I mean, they, when they the have to run. The last to score, yeah. I mean, the score, it was it was out of the – it was uh, – hold on. It was out of the 13 plays to go to that touchdown. They ran 13 plays, and 10 of those were runs. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. you have anything negative to say about it, that once again we get off our beaten path and start passing the ball too much. And – when you look at it, you know, I was talking to Rube last night, and Rube was like, well, they got off on it because they couldn't run. Well, there's no such thing as you can't run the ball. You're not going to break it for 15 or 8 
or five every single time you run the ball. You're gonna take a you're gonna take a loss here. You're gonna you know you, you're gonna you'll have a three yard run, but you got to stay consistent with it. You got to keep going because <clears throat> running the ball is the war of attrition. And as you noticed in the first half, in the second quarter when they started really scoring, they started getting that defense tired by running the ball. Yeah, they came back out in the second half. Then they start passing them. I was like, you, you, you can't do that because now you're now you're in their type of game. You they want to rush the passer. That's what they're best at. And you're putting yourself in a compromised position, even though you have the receivers that you have, when you have a right tackle that you know, Driscoll, I don't necessarily think he'll lose you a game. But he's definitely not a Lane Johnson that he can win a game for. Well, that's the problem, Barrett. Like he, he, I don't know what he is exactly, but you're falling off from arguably the best right tackle in football. I mean, you just right. look at the numbers with Parsons when Lane Johnson was in there, and Parsons when he wasn't in there. He he did nothing when when Lane Johnson was in there, and he wreaked havoc when he was out. And they picked on Driscoll almost all every single time. He's a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. That's obvious. You know, they had him on the left side last week. He was getting exposed in a passing pass blocking game. Same thing happened um, again yesterday. But, you know, his his forte is driving straight ahead, getting off the ball, getting to a spot, walling off, you know, defenders. Um, you know what he is? What he is. That's why he's a second and third string offensive lineman in the National Football League. He serves a purpose, um, but he's not going to be – you're never going to c- compare him to a pro Bowl or a pro bowl in the making type offensive lineman. He's good enough to get the job done in this scheme in situations. Um, but, you know, you're right. There's a far drop off from Lane Johnson when you're talking about a Jack Dris- Driscoll. Yeah, but hey, look, nonetheless, I mean, they win last night. They're able to take care of their business and go into a bye week and beat the Cowboys who had, you know, psychologically had their number. And the Phillies knock off a team that won the World Series last year that owned them towards the end of the regular season. I mean – there were just so many. Mo- I mean, that that I don't know where you guys were. We were at our remote at uh, Jeff D'Ambrosio Dodge in, in Downingtown, which was great on Friday. And thanks to everybody who who came out. Uh, but got home, it's time to watch the game. And that moment when Hoskins hit the home run and slammed the bat down, it felt like like a monkey coming off his back, and like the whole yeah. Delaware Valley react would have reacted the same exact way with just euphoria. It was it was that kind of symbolic moment. It really was. I- I think that was the the defining moment of the whole weekend with the Phillies, you know, because he he had heard all the criticism, you know, he was o for everything, and you know, um, I'm not a big fan of of when hitters hit a home run and make all these gestures and dancing and pointing and all that stuff, but I thought that was a signature moment when he fi- it was just finally, you know, that yeah. albatross is off my chest, you know, and the place just erupted, you know. Uh, and from there, it was all up, all all uphill for the Phillies. From there, Atlanta had no counter for them whatsoever. That that'll be one of the great sports moments. You know, 10, 10 years from now, when you ask people about that, that's one of those signature moments that people will talk about. Not just that he hit the home run to finally get out of this funk, but his his exclamation point to the home run that that really just stoked that crowd. And every run has signature moments along the way. Um, you know, you go back to the Phillies in 08, Matt Stairs hits that home run in Los Angeles, which everybody remembers. Chase Utley, pump fake, and then throws home. Like, there are moments that you remember in runs. The Eagles had tons of them during the regular season. The Elliott 61-yard field goal. The game the in LA. Where, run. Yeah, LeGarrette Plutt, exactly. Like LeGarrette Plutt in LA when they just milk clock and just, you know, it, 
just mm. basically squeeze that out. Uh, the, the Vikings game with the Patrick Robinson interception. Like there's moments along the way that you remember. That home run by Hoskins, certainly one of them. I think the inside the Parker on Saturday by Real Muto is another one of them. Uh, you know, maybe Gene Segura's hit in game one in the ninth inning in St. Louis, which maybe turned the whole playoffs around for them. Like right. all of these things are just memory. They're, they're in the bank now that you're going to remember. If No matter what, you're going to remember. But if this team wins a World Series especially, you're going to go back to each and every one of those moments. No question about that. No question. When it comes to baseball, I find it, it is somewhat shocking that all three teams that won 100 games in the National League are now sitting home. <laughs> right. You had, you, had the, you had the Braves, who are the defending champions, the Dodgers with the best record in baseball, and they're all sitting at home now, and these two red-hot wildcard teams are about to collide in a seven-game series for the right to go to the World Series. And you look at how they both got to this point. You look at how they both got to this point. Um, it's amazing. They just caught fire at the right time. And they're just hitting on all cylinders. Their pitching has been outstanding in crucial situations. This is going to be a really good series. It really is. And, and if you look at it during the regular season, Phillies beat them four to three. You know, and they lost two or three here in Philadelphia, and they won three or four out there in San Diego. It, it's, it is very close. It is a, a very tight, tight. Uh, let, let me show you a, a loser uh, uh, comment here. This is a notice the star. So that's the first sign that, that we have a loser here. Y'all beat a backup quarterback. Now y'all think you accomplished something. Well, um, first of all, your backup quarterback that you were puffing your chest out about had won four in a row. And you weren't saying that then, number one. Number two, uh, the only time your defense did anything is when the backup right tackle was in there when Lane Johnson was out. Everybody, William, goes through injuries in the NFL. To use them as an excuse, as you are, is the typical cowboy loser mentality, and which you have, which the organization has, which all of your people have. So I just thought we would point that out. So in, instead of just being gracious and saying, hey, you got us, we'll play you next time, we'll see how it goes, you got to make excuses. You are a crybaby weasel. That's what you are. Anyway, <laughs> how about that? Right. They, won, they won, what, 12 games last year? And got knocked out the same time we got knocked out. Yes. But yep. yet they're supposed to be better than us. 1995, uh, William. Last time you won. Last night. <laughs> 1995. Um, all right. So anyway, got that out of the way. Um, but no, it was, it really was an, an amazing uh, atmosphere. How about last night? I mean, you had Meek Mill performing. You have Embiid, as we talked about, Mike Trout's there. Uh, for through the NBC uh, broadcast, they had Bradley Cooper voice over the open. Like, it was just, it was cool, man. And I, I'm with you, Barrett. I love seeing the crossover. Like Friday, Nick Sirianni, Howie, uh, a Jeffrey at the baseball Lurie. game, yeah, yeah, at, at the baseball game supporting the team. Tyrese Maxey uh, was at the Flyers game. Like I love that stuff. Yeah, man. exactly, exactly. Showing showing support within the um, within the sports like that. That <clears throat> you want that. You know what I'm saying? Like honestly, you know, when I was playing with the Steelers, I always saw you know guys going to the game. You know, uh, Lemieux came to. A bunch of games you know right. you see p diddy and 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 snoop at the games you know you see people coming and and, re and supporting your product number one that means you're doing pretty good you yes. know what I'm saying and number two man it just helps out you know what i'm saying it just helps out with with everything that comes with you know um the city and 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 how you know we're, we're not just this bad fan base we're a fan base that loves our sports period we just yes. love our sports yes and I, what I really think happened on Friday and Saturday, particularly with the with the Phillies, 
you know, let's face it. The fan base was in very much a wait and see mode with them. They weren't trusting that the Phillies were legitimate. Therefore, at the box office, they weren't killing it all year. I think the Phillies players themselves were like, oh, my God, this is what it's like for Eagles games. This is what every game Eagles game sounds like where the decibel levels are through the roof. I think they were absolutely blown away. I really do. I think the players were beside themselves and how loud they were from first pitch to last pitch because they were in on everything. You have no idea what it is to be in front of a fan base that are just ravenous dogs that just want to just eat the opponent's heads off. (laughs) And that's what you have here in Philly, man. They don't play, bro. They don't play. Because I've been a part of both sides of that situation. I won with them, lost with them, came back and beat them, came back and lost to them. And each time, you know, I, 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 I experienced what it is to, to see it from both sides of the fence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. You, you heard um, um, Harrison talk about last night. You know, they interviewed him. John Clark interviewed him. And uh, he said, hey, you know, there's nothing like coming into this, this city and playing this team. When they when he was playing for, for the Patriots, he was like, you know what? Yeah, Rodney, yeah. The interaction, you know, Rodney Harrison, he said the interaction that you get with the fans and, the, you know, the back and forth. He said he loved that even more than sometimes playing on the field. The fact that he had to go out there and not just play against mm-hmm. this team, mm-hmm. but also could jaw jack with the fans and know that they were going to give it to him just as much he was going to give it to you. You know yep. what I'm saying? So, well so I mean, it's, it's, it's this is what you love about mm-hmm. sports. Love this about sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's we didn't rare. even give the union any love. You got to give the union Unions some love also. Ah, da, da. Yeah, don't, forget, don't forget about the union. I mean, it's yeah. like the it's like the perfect storm. And so you, uh, I tell Philadelphia fans, soak up every moment of this. You never know when you may cross this road again, yep. when you have the perfect storm. Whatever your sport is, whatever you like, it is happening for you right now. Yeah. And we have the Sixers haven't even started yet. No. And there's big expectations for that team. Soak up this moment. Embrace it. It is something. It is a time in Philadelphia sports. I've been here over 25 years. And a lot of what I've heard is, why can't we have nice things? You hear that a lot. Why can't we just have nice things? You know, it, it, when they have high expectations for teams, teams let them down. Except the 2017 uh, Eagles. And now it's like every team has come into play. This is your reward for all the years of frustrations that you've had to endure. Mm. Well what said. The gold standard. You got the gold standard. You know. Don't I mean, don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah. Those, because those, the last those, time Jeffrey Lurie said that those words, it was rough rough going ever since. No, they came he out. said that. I'm talking about the last time I said it. Oh, was in 2017. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. That's when I said it. Absolutely. You know, well, that's, well, that's when Lurie yeah. and, and Howie said it after they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is our new gold standard. Yeah, so he said, you got no, he didn't say gold standard. He said, well, uh, yeah, there's, there's the, the, the new norm. This is the, the, the new norm. The new norm. Yes, yes. Yeah, he yeah. said the new norm. You got to be careful. He used the word gold standard before, but you're he right. Has yeah. Used yeah. It, yeah. yeah, he he did. He used that like ten years ago. And Vince Young with Dream Team. Yeah, we don't need right. to go any of those places. Right. That's right. That's not going to work. All right. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to look back at how we got here at 6-0 and when it comes to the Eagles coming up at 12.30. 1 o'clock, dig deep into the game itself. Barrett, I know you, you've already been breaking this thing down. So we Bro, I've, I've been here. watching film for the past hour and a half. I love it. I love it. Uh, we'll, we're going to look at the matchups here with the Phillies and the Padres pitching matchups. I'll give you the schedule, some of the just seminal moments that happened over the weekend uh, with that. 
another crazy week in the NFL. I don't know how the Giants keep doing it, but they do. We'll dig into all of that. We got open talk with birthdays and some cool stuff from college football as well. We will do all of that. This is going to be three hours of absolute power that we are going to just, just, just shoot it right into your veins because we're going to get you going on this Monday. If you're struggling a little bit, we will take care of you. That is for sure. Don't go anywhere. He's Barrett. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and principal financial group, because look, finding that right person to trust your money with your hard earned money for your future is really critical. I found the right person and I want you to be with the right person as well. And that's Jim Murray from Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, if you have a small business and you're looking to set up your employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. I know I've personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can also email him if you prefer that. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at Principal.com. Murray dot Jim at Principal.com. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste... We're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
What is up on this Monday? We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's go, baby. Bob Ellis, Derek Gunn, and Barrett's chair hanging out with you on this beautiful day in the neighborhood as Philadelphia sports is dominating right now, including the Eagles. All right, guys, so here's the question. 6-0 and right now. 6-0, and undefeated, the lone undefeated team in football. You want to hear something that's crazy? When, when you look at the NFC in particular, okay, look at the NFC. You have the Eagles at 6-0, and right? Other than that, ju- I'm talking about just teams over 500. Giants, Cowboys, Vikings. That's it. Everybody else is 500 or below. Giants, mm-hmm. Cowboys, Vikings. That's it. Your top team in the in the South is three and three. Your top team in the West is three and three, excluding the Vikings. It's the Packers at three and three. So what the Eagles are doing thus far is not easy. Okay. What they have been able to do thus far is not easy. So here's the question I have for you guys. You you take a step back for a minute and you look at how we got here at six. And I'll start with this. I'll start with the offseason. You're talking about a team that went out and got AJ Brown, James Bradbury. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Hassan Reddick, Kaiser White, and they drafted Jordan Davis, among others. But just to name a few, and, and and basically every single, and I know Jordan Davis hasn't exactly blown up, but every single one of those guys is either making a massive impact or a big impact for you. These Howie is, is doing what Reese Hoskins did, okay, and hitting balls out of the park, and it's paid big dividends. It's incredible that, you know, he was able to bring in. I mean, look at what Kazir White did yesterday. He was the man yesterday. Yep. He stepped up, played explosive, always around the ball, in the pass, in the run. He has done everything that you want from that weak side linebacker. And, you know, TJ Edwards being able to go out there and, and also be a, you know, be a hammer, you know what I'm saying, instead of the nail. Those are things we don't even look at. You know, 14 the, tackles last night, Barry. Right. I mean, TJ undrafted TJ yep. Edwards. Yep. Undrafted. Kazir White, former safety, now will linebacker. Um, you look at Davis in the middle of that defense. When he was on the field, you could not run on him. You couldn't run on him. Every time he's off the field, that's when they gained that yardage. Uh, you look at, you know, the mere fact that CJ Garner Johnson, he comes out, two interceptions. Uh, Bradbury tips a pass for one of the interceptions. It's just amazing on how well they brought players in. First-year players have come in, with exception of T.J. Edwards. First-year guys in this system have come in and been totally key on how this team is winning. Mm -hmm. They play together. And you hear it, man. You hear it. And say what you want to say about um, about Hurts. Hurts has everybody – talking like a coach you know what i'm saying yeah you know i mean after the moving finger rights it moves on yes uh, you know you 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 take that deuce flush it you on rat poison we left it on the field i mean all that stuff is stuff that yeah, he left says. money on the table yeah he's money like, on the he, table he's never satisfied like i love him he's relentless because he's never never satisfied and never. i don't i never feel like he's just saying it to say it. like i believe in his bones in yes. his heart that yes. he believes everything that he's saying. I truly believe the guy is sincere across the board. How about you, Derek? I'm curious as to how he, how he, as I sit here today, how he's still able to get all these guys under the salary cap that he brought in. 
you know, by far he had the best offseason of any team in the National Football League. And we sat here saying, oh, there's no way they can do this. They're cap strapped. They can't do this. This guy knows how to move dollars and cents around like nobody else in the league. And, you know, at some point, and hope I would love to get him on, because we all thought they were building for something that would be expressive in 2023. And then all of a sudden the script was flipped and he identified something and said, you know what? We can, we can do damage now. I would love to get him on and ask him, at what point did you realize that what you assembled, if you were able to make two or three more strategic moves that you could do a lot of damage now, you know, I, I think that's a great insight on his part. You know, we, 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 we look at what they did with the dream team and how they just blew up on them. And here we are. What was that? 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah, and now there, 10 yeah. years later, it's very yeah. similar. It's very similar to what he did back then with much better results. Very similar to what he did in 2017 when he brought all these high, high, high price, high name athletes in. it paid off incredible dividends beyond anybody's wildest expectations. And here we are in 2022 and he's doing the same thing again. This yeah, team has asked him if you asked huh? him, he would come on. I bet since the uh, this is the bye week, I bet if you asked Ooh. me, he'd come on. D-Gun. I doubt that because you got to run interference. See, I, I text him and ask him, and his standard line is, you know what, check with the PR staff. The PR, the staff, PR staff likes staff. us. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. Yeah, but they do. But they also know that when Howie says that, that's an MO4. Yeah. Well, not only that, because the response to get is, hey, D-Gun, we love you guys, but – because we've had a request from 10 other people, it's not fair to the 10 other people if we give them to you and then we got to answer to them. You can't argue with that. It frustrates you, but you can't argue with that. I mean, that's the standard line Man. that you're going to get. So I'm thinking, you know, I can always throw a, throw a shot in the dark, but I already know the answer I'm going to get. But, well, you know, I, I put it out there. Talk there. I put it out anyways. Uh, I, no, he doesn't. Yeah. No. Here, here's Knowing what him, fast- he's probably out of town by now. Yeah, right. Uh, what I'm fascinated by, this was sort of a slow play. We actually talked about this last week. If you remember the beginning of the, like, free agency started, and it was kind of slow. I think they signed Kaiser White, but, but we were sort of like, I don't know. Are they, are they going all in or are they not going all in, right? And then when we got the draft night and he made the tr- trade for A.J. Brown, I felt like everything started to shift after that trade happened. And then I felt like momentum really started to pick up. And, and that's when you really started to see these things happen. Like Bradbury happened. Uh, I maybe Reddick had happened at that point, but you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the momentum started to pick up and then he pulled one of his patented right before the season start moves to get Gardner Johnson, which we saw him do in, in 17, by the way. So there are similarities there. I, but I felt like, I don't know. He took more of a patient, a patient approach. Like I think he knew the giants were going to cut Bradbury and you know, he could, he could sell that. And to him to come here. I mean, that's the, that might be the biggest steal of the off season in the NFL, the way that guy's playing for what you're paying him, bro. Is, unbelievable. It's unreal. unbelievable. I know, I know the Giants right now kicking themselves in the butt right now for that, bro. Brad, yeah, I'm sure playing if Dable was like, dude, really if like. I could get him in Wink Martindale's uh, oh. defense, what that would look like. Oh my goodness. You know, and, and one of the corners um is, isn't playing right now. I mean, they're still Dory Jackson and right. they're still balling out. Yeah, you know this is, to me is crazy that he was able to just the as soon as it you know as soon as he got the AJ Brown trade it flipped the switch because not only did they bring in an impact player a player that can always go out there and get you a first down on a slant 
but they got a guy that Jalen Hurts trust. And that trust is is, is is moved throughout the team. Now, that trust that he has now has in Smitty. That trust that he has in Dallas Goddard. That trust that he has in Quez Watkins. He didn't necessarily have that before when he was throwing to guys like, you know, Jalen uh, Jalen Rager. Right. Or even, even uh, Ward. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that type of trust with those guys. We're talking about guys now that are are 1A and 1 in yeah. this offense. You know, so, I mean, this is, this is something, you know, that I cannot believe, man. In fact, you know, even, even trading Ertz, understanding that Dallas Goddard is ready to take that next step mm-hmm. into being one of the premier tight ends in the league. He traded him last year. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd have did that. Because this team was, you know, since they didn't have receivers, they relied a lot on 12 personnel. But I understand why he did it. He did that because they couldn't open the offense up with just those two guys. He needed receivers out there that can go out and move the ball, be able to be impact players on the outside. You couldn't just stay in 12 personnel. It was a necessity back then because we didn't have any receivers. But now he's starting to get receivers. He's opened it up a, a, a whole hell of a lot. I'd like to know what Howie's uh, sales pitch was to get like a Bradbury in here who was whose base pay is one million thirty-five thousand with a prorated of one point two four three million. Okay, there are a lot of teams out there that identify James Bradbury as a good piece to what we're trying to do, yet he comes to Philadelphia. You look at well, cause Zero White, same base pay as Bradbury, one point thirty one million thirty-five thousand base pay for a linebacker who's considered across the league a good linebacker and and, an impactful linebacker he's got a pro rated of uh what where is it uh his pro is 293,000 he could have made a lot more money somewhere else so what was the selling pitch to get these guys to come here now Hassan Reddick we know he's from Philadelphia uh so obviously he wanted to come home and he got paid a decent buck you know but these other guys they could have had their pick of the litter in terms of where they wanted to go so I got an idea, the, Derek. Maybe, uh, Brad, maybe Bradbury was Slay. I'm going to go play alongside Darius Slay. Sign me up, man. Yeah, you know, I, I yeah. know I can still play. And guess what? I'm going to play the Giants twice a year, and I'm going to stick it, you know, where the sun don't shine to them. That's well, that's a good that's a good analogy, and I don't disagree with it. But what is Bradbury like? 28 years old now. 29, so I he, think. 29. Yeah. Okay, so he's at that point where I'm at a point where my money, in terms of what how much money I can garner. I'm at that age now, that 29, 30 threshold where my numbers could decline in terms of money I could make. Yeah. You know, in in a game where all of your money's not guaranteed, unlike the other two big sports. Um, and you know, you see the other two big sports, basketball and baseball. Um, you know, these guys are still getting mega contracts at 31, 33, 34 years old. You know, in football players, a lot of times the numbers decline. So there had to be, you know, and, and, and maybe Slay is his boy. He wanted to play with Slay. Maybe he wanted to get back at the Giants. But from the financial standpoint, football's being football players being football players, there's also a monetary gain that you have to look at because you're never going to see that money again if you don't jump on it now. So I, I think it's that's fascinating in, in itself that you got two impactful players like that to come here at bargain basement prices. I, I give you an argument even better than that. Howie says, look, look at my track record. Look at all the guys I brought in and had, and when they had great seasons, see how I treated them. Look at Alshon Jeffrey. I gave him a contract. You know, look at guys that I brought in. And you bring in, I'm going to put you on a prove-it deal. You prove that you belong here, I'll sign you. Timmy Jernigan, sign him to a long deal. You know, 
he's done that, and, and guys that have shown him, he's signed him. So I think that's the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that he's done. You prove you belong here, he's going to sign you to some big money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of the reason why these guys are showing up and, mm-hmm. and, and, and coming to the Eagles organization. At that end, the gold standard. <laughs> I mean, the Eagles are always in the mix. They have been in the mix for the past, what, since 2002. Yeah, they, they, if they have a down year, they're rebounding real fast. Like it's You're, really you're not going to be buried like you are in other, some other organizations. Let me throw one more out there, Barry. You tell me if this goes on among players. I don't know. Maybe there's a recruiting pitch. Maybe Jalen Hurts, who we all know is is so compelling. Maybe oh, without talks, a doubt. Yeah. Right, talk, we, we know it with A.J. Brown for sure. But I'm saying maybe even some of the other guys or, and or – Maybe you go back to some of the guys from 17. Hey, Chris Long, what was it like for you for you know your two years here? And he tells you, oh, man, it was it was insane. And you know, Chris Long, he spent the bulk of his career in St. Louis. He cherishes his time in Philly even more than anywhere else he played. And he won one in New England, by the way. So I, you know, maybe some of that's coming into play as well. I don't know. Even Alshon is still around here. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. Alshon no. is still around here doing okay. some uh, uh, doing some work around here. You know. Um, opening businesses I mean, he's okay. got you know a lot of you know work around so he's i mean he stays around here a lot of those guys that you know that play here stay here me i even stayed here mm-hmm. you know because it's just it, to me the city once it embraces you it embraces you you know yeah. you want to be around man you want to be around and that's that's just what philly does man so yeah you know the lure how he has with free agents comes from pretty much if, he, if, you, if you prove you belong here, he's going to make sure you be around here a long yeah. time. All right, so level one is off-season moves. Level two is the quarterback's a heck of a lot better than he was last year, right? And I know the numbers last night aren't going to blow you away, and he's not going to be – he's not going to put up like Mahomes, Josh Allen throwing numbers. But that's not what he needs to do for this team to win. But the command – there was a play early in the game that he audibles out of. I don't know if you guys remember this in the first or second series, which he, he wouldn't have done last year. He audibled out and, and you know, it, it ended up being a first down. It was just a really nice play. And, and Collinsworth during the game uh, on the TV broadcast pointed it out, but it, it was something he maybe didn't see a ton of last year. There's just so much improvement. The game is slowed down for him. He has such a better understanding. He's got 1500 yards passing again, not a ton of touchdowns, but the completion percentage is up to 66.8. He's found the end zone 12 times, either with his arm or his legs in six games. So he's basically averaging two touchdowns per game. However you get there, he's getting in the end zone twice. Like, he's a way better player than he was last year. And his ability to throw the ball down the field. You know, that that used to be something that nobody's – everybody's like, oh, you know, he can't throw the ball. You know, we won't have a passing game with him. You know, he's, he's his, his, his mental capacity to, to go to his first, second, and third reads is not there. Right. Looks like he's doing it to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly you know, right. Looking like he can't, he can't roll to his yes. left and throw. Oh, really? Okay, I've seen that a bunch of times this year. He can't work the middle of the field. Mm, not really. So you can kind of put a lot of this stuff away now, you know, right, with Jalen, right, right, as right. far as I'm concerned. But you're just seeing a guy who is in a system for the second straight year. For the first time since he played for his dad in high school, he's got the same system and the same coordinator. Because he had a lot of turnover at Carolina at um, Alabama. He had um, – he had, you guys realize Dable was there when he was at Alabama for yep, a minute? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really good coaching, like Lane Kiffin, Dable, et cetera, but it was a lot of turnovers because guys were taking jobs. So he's finally in a comfort zone, I think. And let's give some props to Shane Steichen 
You know, I, I if I had one beef, I think they got away Sarkeesian from Sarkeesian also. That's right. Sarkeesian. He had also. Sarkeesian to it at uh, uh, Alabama. He, he got he got away from the running game a little bit too much for my liking in Arizona. But for the most part, I think he's really keeping defenses off balance. Dykins done a nice job with him. Well, you know what? It's not just what he does in the pass game that's making him a good you know quarterback. You know, me and Jaws talk about this all the time. Sometimes, cerebrally, how he breaks down a team, even with the read option. You know, and 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 you know, Sirianni talked about it yesterday in the read option. All right, if you can't if you can't beat a guy, you can't block a guy option off the guy and his ability to run the read option is taken and it's taken it's, it's, it's to another level now mm-hmm. you know whether he's going to keep it what he's going to give it all those things you see you know uh you know and right there is prevalent you know he has he has to read those plays in order for the play to even work and you can tell his progression and it has become i mean it's unbelievable just like you know the, the touchdown pass to smitty it was a um run pass option yes but it was it was run out of um it was run out of play action you know mm-hmm. i mean not really play action they could have shoveled the ball should have handed the ball off or he mm-hmm. threw the pass or he could keep running you know that was a, like a three or four part play in which he could take four things that he could do and beat that team yeah that, man, that's incredible man it that's really incredible. is and you're right barrett he's got a great feel you know, for when to ride, when to hide, like when to hand it off, when to keep it himself, you know, in the run game. Cause that's a big part of what they do. It's not just decision-making in the passing game. Right. You know, he's got a really good sense for that. And he's just really, you know, growing, which is by the way, what you would expect for a guy in his second full year as a starter, you know, you're not going to be perfect your first mm-hmm. years. There are some exceptions where guys can step right in the league and look awesome. But most guys need a couple of years. Josh Allen needed a couple of years. They needed to get him Stephon Diggs. So you're, you've now given Hurts a little bit of time, and you've given him A.J. Brown to go with Devontae Smith. It's that combination, you know, along with the continuity, I think that has, you know, made him who he is. Mm. I, I, I think overall, when I look at Shane Steichen, the way he calls a play, uh, calls it a, a game, First of all, he asserts himself in terms of what he wants to do. Then it's like pick and choose to see, okay, what's what's going to work. And then all of a sudden, okay, we take off. Two consecutive games now that we have had similar starts, similar middles, and similar finishes. You know, uh, they assert themselves early on. They go through that low period. And then by the time the, the game's in crunch time, um, it's like, okay, let's turn it up again, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great attribute. And that's why I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, everybody's talking about Gannon being a guy that um, is going to be the next uh, head coach when the next wave comes out. I think Shane Steichen is going to get a head coaching job before Gannon will. You know, you know he, he, they've won games it's six possible. different ways. Yeah. It's six different ways they've won games this season. Um, and, and I think his ability to call game – we're in a league where all they're looking, looking for is a new offensive mind, a new great offensive mind. Um, and I think Shane Steichen is showing that he has that ability. The best one of the best things Nick Sirianni did was turn the reins over to Shane and let yep. him call the game to show what he's capable of doing. That's taking a huge pressure off Sirianni in terms of all the stuff that goes on on the sideline. He's got a guy who's not just a second in command, but thinks like him. Who know? Who knows? Who may? Right. Who may run the offense? Who may have? A, who may have a better grasp? of what Nick Sirianni's offense should look like more so than Nick Sirianni. 
Well, and, and and Derek allows Nick to to all right. I'm like not liking something here on defense. Let me get over here and I can concentrate on that a little bit or deal with yeah, the special exactly. teams or what you know some some guy individually where I'm not just bogged down in my chart. And it takes a certain kind of security in yourself it, on your first year when you're supposed to be the offensive guru to hand it off. Right. With, with in, in an ego driven field like head coaching in the NFL to do that, I think says a little bit about Nick Sirianni as mm-hmm. as a person. And as a guy, but yeah, there's, I agree with, because the, the league's so in love with offense, Steichen may surpass Gannon in, in yep. terms of a candidate for a head coach. It's not mm-hmm. out of the question. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, look at what's going on up in, in Denver right now. They can't get it right. They brought in an offensive assistant and they still can't get it right, man. Yeah. It is, is for, for Nick to be confident enough in himself to hand over the reins. That's, uh, and, and you saw, you know, one of the guys seen one of the guy do that and that was Andy Reid. Night. Reed did that for a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now he's shown that he's doing it now with 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 Eric Bieniemy. But I mean that that's that's what this 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 game is all about, man. Understanding, you know, your inequities and, and bringing somebody in who can who can be a stronger. Sometimes when you're the strongest person in the room, I mean, uh, the, the smartest person in the room, you need to get out that room. <laughs> Bring some other smarter people in. You that's, always got to be a, That's a Krause quote you're, you're working right, right there. Right. I like that. Um, all right. So the other the other aspect <clears throat> where they have massively improved from last year, they now have 14 takeaways, guys. They are a plus 12 turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. No one is even close to that number. No one. I mean, they are dwarfing and, and just running away with it in terms of anybody else. The, the, the numbers are are really amazing when you think about it, what they've been able to do uh, um, in, in terms of that category. 14 takeaways plus 12 turnover differential, first in the NFL. First in the NFL. This is a team that didn't get create turnovers and didn't sack the quarterback last year. And, and defensively, yes, would you like to have gotten a couple sacks last night? Sure. But did they impact Cooper Rush? you darn right they did. And that's one of the reasons why he threw three picks. I mean, they, they are making an impact. Well, um, the, the, what did they get? Ten? They got ten points off of um, turnovers off of last night. One, and, one was a direct off of, off a pick, and the other one was off the turnover on downs. Yeah, which and, and I tell you what, they needed game. they yeah. needed every bit of those points off the turnovers in a game of this magnitude. But you know what? It, it's it's a it's a part. It's a defining part of the game. The better defenses help generate offense. Plain and simple. You look yeah. at how many good offenses out there, but they don't get the defensive help that they need to 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 put teams away. Ah, this nah, defense, nah. this defense has stepped up in so many ways. It may not be a perfect defense, and mm-hmm. by the way, you can have the Gannon bandwagon. I'm telling you right now, you can have it. You can have the don't, bandwagon. Don't, don't don't get off, Derek. I'm, I'm it's done. Only six I'm, weeks, I'm done. Now after it's watching not flying last night, down the highway. It, it's after it's watching last we're, night. We're like in a school zone. It's kind of going about. After 15. watching last night, they had three turnovers. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I know. That's what I'm okay, saying. well, okay. you had three seventeen turnovers. points allowed. Yes, uh, yes, I, I get that. But I'm, uh, his scheme still that was drives Jim Johnson's me nuts. magic number, Derek. Seventeen. His scheme, his scheme drives me nuts. His, well, scheme, his about, scheme still drives me nuts. All right, so you eight, want Quinn? You want Quinn in his defense as opposed to? I, I didn't. I didn't say I want. I didn't. I'm not saying I want anybody. We're talking just about the Ganwag. I, I'm, I'm just saying, I expect him. I'm tired of this four man rush. You know, the moment was too big for Cooper Rush, the first half. It was too big. All right. You know what? All these accolades. 
because he was in Philadelphia. He had not played in the stadium of this magnitude, had not played in a game of this magnitude. He had not had to face a fan base like Philadelphia before. He had a nice story going. And the moment was too big for him in the first half of that game. Um, and I'm sitting there going, why are you not blitzing? Why are you not blitzing this kid all night? Why, why are you this four-man rush crap? And sure enough, in the second half, Kellen Moore identified the soft spots, and they worked, they chipped their way back in the game. And I just don't get why is he playing different schemes every game? And it keep it keeps resonating when he said last year, I don't have a scheme, I have a philosophy. Well, maybe you should have a scheme instead of a philosophy. Maybe <laughs> maybe you should have that. I I, I, I just care about that. how many points they give up. I, you know what? I, I, and that's that. I, 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 in the I, first I, half, in the first half, if you look at the reps, your first half, you look at the reps, look at all the reps that you see Davidson, the five-man front. This is a team that loves to run the ball. Mm-hmm. So you stop the run with the five-man front. They got them in second and long, third and long, mm-hmm. and it worked out perfect for them. Mm-hmm. They were down by 17, came out the second quarter. So they stopped with the, you know, with 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 the, the heavy run game and brought out 11 personnel, which made go to a four-man front. You couldn't keep the three-man front in there. And that's when they started running a rock on them. You know what I'm saying? They started running a the rock then. Yes. And they couldn't stop it with the four-man front. Yes. He goes back to that four five-man front. And they start stopping them. And then by that time, it was over because, you know, the Eagles have scored another touchdown. But I see what you're saying. But he still is able to go out there and create turnovers with what he had out there, bro. Right. You, 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 can, have, you can have the Gannon bandwagon. Until right. further notice, I'm good. instead of instead of hanging off my two hands like I was a couple of weeks ago, I got one hand on the rail and I'm sailing in the wind right now. All right. So I'll notice. I'll take Derek. I'll take seventeen point five points per game, which mm, all uh, day. which they're allowing, which yes. is six. I don't, I don't disagree. Okay, and twice so on I, Sunday. I don't yeah. disagree. It's not Jim Johnson aggression. It's not old school Buddy Ryan aggression. I get it. I know that can frustrate people sometimes, but they're not allowing a lot of points. Which, no, they're not. You know, Nope. At the end of the, and they're taking the ball away, which is huge. So, and look, his two objectives, we know this. Don't give up big plays, which they don't, no. and take the ball away, which they're doing. They're, they have they have great defensive personnel. I give them that ten days out of ten. You get the one you get the one interception off a of deflection. You get the other interception off a great play from Brandon Graham. It was similar to what he did in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. Hits the arm, you know, in the quarterback's arm. Boom. Right. C.J. Johnson, who we thought was done, especially the way he walked off the oh, field. I thought it was a pec injury. That did you know, not they were talking good. about a hand. No. Ooh. The way he started pointing to his arm, I'm thinking, man, this dude is done. Oof. That's yeah. a pec, pec for sure. He comes back and seals the deal for him in that regard. There's no question about it. you got great athleticism, interchangeable parts. I just said I don't like his scheme. That's my prerogative. I don't okay. like Gannon's scheme. It's <laughs> not your prerogative. That it's is your problem. No, you can't do that. No, <laughs> not, no, I'm, not, I'm sorry. You're Bobby not, Brown. I get it. You're Bobby that's Brown. That's my part. That's right. You're right. right. I, and I used to be able to dance like Bobby. Not anymore. But do you have the Gumby know. haircut too? Did you have? Were you? Were oh you heck no. That? no, no, we didn't Late do the 80s? Gumby thing. No, uh, but, uh, look, I, had, I had the Lincoln. I had the Lincoln. Yes. Uh, Lincoln Hayes Mod Squad <laughs> Afro back then. No, you did. No. You did have that. I've seen that picture. All right. So when we come back, we'll dive a little bit more into the way this game went down. All right, well, X and O this thing. Barrett's been all over this. Uh, just what the Eagles did offensively, defensively, some concerns. Look, this isn't perfect, right? Nobody's saying it is. There are some things that need to get cleaned up. 
There's some things you love, some things you know could bite you in the rear end as the season goes forward. So we'll dig into all of those kind of things. 1.30, we're going to be talking Phillies. 2 o'clock, NFL will go around the league. And, of course, open talk to close it out. Don't go anywhere. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about ProAction Restoration. ProAction Restoration will be there. We'll be at your beck and call if your home, your business, your property experiences any kind of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, whatever the case may be. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. ProAction uh, is, is an amazing place. They were down in, in, in Florida taking care of Hurricane uh, Ian victims. I've been a part of this thing when my parents' house got flooded. The basement did. They didn't know what to do. I called them on a Saturday. They got right over. The crew was professional, clean. The price was reasonable. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. And again, it could be any of the above, water, fire, smoke, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760. Or you could reach out online at proactionrestoration.com, proactionrestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pondley Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling 
asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. up everybody great hanging out with you on this monday 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 as the eagles win the phillies win everybody's winning it's a beautiful thing barrett brooks Derek gunn rob ellis so how we holding up boys it was it was a you know a long night quick turnaround we okay we we all right definitely i'm good well i'm good (laughs) just making sure Make sure everybody's good. Uh, everybody good in the chat section. Hope you're well as well. We appreciate you guys. Hey, let's hit that like button today. Let's go after the like button like the Eagles went after the Cowboys, like the Phillies went after the Braves. Let's slam that bad. But we we haven't had a good like slam in a while. So let's right, smash right, it. Right, right, right. Let's, let's obliterate the like button today. You need to give um, them another challenge. That's what oh you God. need. You want them to smash the like button? You need to give them, offer them another challenge. I think we're all still in my gritty recovery. By the way, I love – Kaseki, did you guys see Mike Kaseki yesterday? He he, no. he did the gritty, and then after the game oh, was yeah. over, did you see this? It was pretty funny. He and Justin Jefferson were you know just talking after the game, congratulating each other, whatever. And he's like, "Man, you and I are the two best guys in the league doing the gritty." That's what Kaseki said to, to Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Justin Jefferson was like, "All right, man, <laughs> if you say so, dude." All right, uh, but anyway, it's pretty funny. I thought it was a pretty funny moment. Um, so the Eagles win last night, twenty six seventeen over the Cowboys. Now. Correct me if you've heard this before. Eagles jump out to a, a, a big lead. In fact, uh, they got to a 20 nothing lead. They put up a 20 spot in the second quarter. They scored in the first play of the second quarter, put up 20. They have been ridiculous in the second quarter this year. I mean, the scoring. They've outscored their opponents, guys, in the second quarter, 112 to 27. That's 112 incredible. That's insane. 27. Yeah, pretty, pretty amazing, right? So same old, same old. But flip side of that is third quarter, there's a slowdown. I don't know what happens there. I don't know what is up with that. I thought they started to kind of move out of that a little bit, but not necessarily. And then the Cowboys make a run. And then when it really starts to get hairy and it's 20 to 17 at that point, that's when the Eagles said, you know what, we're going to put this thing out of reach. And this is what was, was really impressive. And what, you know, for me that, that just stands out of what they were able to do. So they go on a 13 play drive in which, you know, they are just pounding the ball. And I'm trying to give you the exact numbers here because I, you know, chart every play like a lunatic. Yeah. But they uh they go on a 13 play 75 yard drive that eats up 737 of the clock mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. They take over with 1439 yep. left and they knock off, you know, they knock it down to almost seven minutes. By the time by that time, and the Cowboys are down nine because the Eagles didn't get the two point conversion. Just like we saw in Arizona, it resulted in an Arizona, a field goal in Arizona. This time, a touchdown for the Eagles. So we we've seen this pattern before, but they did enough to win the game. What about that, man? Well, look, look at that. That's a, that's a hell of an ace to have in your back pocket, man. Mm-hmm. You know, man, that you can always pull that out, and all else fails, run the rock, and 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 win a game. You know, because. I mean, that's demoralizing for a defense. Everybody in that stadium knew that they were going to do it. Everybody on that Dallas sideline knew that they were going to do it. And they did it anyways. Yep. To be able to run the ball and not have a way to, to stop it, man, it, it, it just eats defensive players up in the inside. 
You know, that's why you saw Diggs just take his helmet off and slam it. Yep. Because there's nothing he could do. He's got to go out there and cover. He's not worried about stopping a run. and nothing he can do about it. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and and well it's said. like pick your poison. You know, you, you, you know, on the touchdown to Smitty, nothing they could do to stop that play, to stop the run. He could have ran it in. He could have mm-hmm. handed it off, and he threw it to Smitty. I mean, that's just great. You know, it is. Barrett, you're right. And to have that, to have that 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 ability to run in your back pocket whenever you need it, because not only does it get you down the field, it eats clock. So it's a double whammy of, of killing the opponent, and you wear them down. They were exhausted by the end of that drive, the Cowboys, the the, you know, the, exactly. the Cowboys defense, because you pounded them, you know, and you pounded them, by the way, without Lane in there. Exactly. So that that's exactly. the other impressive part about that drive, which the you know the way that they were able to finish it off. And uh, oh, by the way, let me let me just throw this out there. We get back right back to the Eagles talk. Um, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, the Arizona Cardinals have traded for Panthers former now former Panthers receiver Robbie Anderson. No mm-hmm. surprise there with the way things mm-hmm. played out on the sideline that Anderson wasn't going to be long for Carolina. But anyway, just wanted to pass that along. Mm-hmm. Go that's ahead, Derek. Pick up for him. Yeah. That's a really good pickup for. Them. Well, they need look. They need they need any kind of jolt that they can get, man. At this point, and I th- th- so they get DeAndre Hopkins back this week, right? He served his six yep. games. So six games, yeah. You can throw those two guys together. That's it's not bad. That's how uh, can that how can that team play so well against the Eagles and play so bad yesterday poorly against coached? that opponent? I don't that's think unbelievable. I, I'm not a Kingsbury guy. I don't. I don't I'm, like. Him. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm, I'm, the fact that he still has a job still amazes me. But that is a good pickup for them because you put him on one side and you have uh, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. That's going to help Kyler Murray in that Rondell offense. Rondell Moore out. in the middle in the slot. Rondell mm-hmm. Moore yeah, in the middle. You got some weapons. Yeah, James Kyler Murray doesn't have a lot of excuses. You got Hollywood. Brown. Yeah, got, oh Hollywood! Oh my goodness, Hollywood Brown! You got Connor, Connor, uh, James Connor, and then uh, the kid who's emerging, Eno Benjamin, yep. for them. Um, so that's going to help them. I don't know if it's going to save their season at this point, but that's going to help them tremendously, for sure. Um, you know, but, you know why? You know why you get an Arizona team that plays as well against the Eagles, but doesn't play well the next week. You know why you get that? Because they played their Super Bowl last they week. They get up for the Eagles. Ah, da, da, there it is. Yeah, and that's going to be for the next. What? How many games mm-hmm. they have at 12? That's, mm-hmm. Barrett, great point. Because that's where you can't just do the, oh, they're playing that team week, whatever. They're not that exactly. good. No, that team is going to give you everything they exactly. got. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they're going to get this from this point on. Yep. Everybody's best. They've got a target on their chest. That's both good and bad. No, I agree. Yeah, uh, I was just how good thing. you are. Yep. Yeah, it, it's good. It's good because you are that team that everybody's talking about across the league, everybody's looking at, even if you're not an Eagles fan, you want to see, you know, for the for the casual observer who doesn't get to see Philadelphia play that much, when you do get to see them play, you want to see what makes them this undefeated team. Why are they at the top of the hill uh, uh, more so than compared to other teams? The bad thing is when everybody plays their best against you, that's when the injuries start to pile up. Right. You know, and as we see it now, this team's starting to get nicked up on its way to 6-0, and Looking, at it, they're starting to get nicked up a little bit. Luckily, they're still healthier than every team out there in the league. Thank goodness. You know, teams always talk about how they hate they hate having a buy early in the season. They like to have that buy right in the middle of the season to give your body ex- extended time to heal. They don't. But I think in the Eagles' case, this buy came at the perfect time for this team to let some of their key components heal up because the next eleven weeks, when they get back, is going to be everybody's Super Bowl against this team. Yep. And you just have to cross your fingers that they can stay healthy, man. You know, 
you know, yeah, Kelsey with the ankle injury, you know, now you know, Lane Johnson concussion. We don't we don't know exactly what Dickerson's injury is. We know it's a couple of things, but you know, they're very they're keeping that close to the vest in terms of what exactly it is where he's had to go in and out the last two games now. Right. So hopefully they can they can work on that. The trainers and, and the medical staff can work on that with modern modern technology and medicine, get that thing right so he can hit the ground running for the last eleven games. Uh, let, let's talk about a couple things that need to be cleaned up. And and this is not new. All right. Um, well, I'll, I'll get the special teams in a minute, but, but, but the inability to score in the third quarter is troubling. Um, you know, it hasn't hurt them so far, but it's definitely something that you have to keep your eye on because it's been a major problem for them really throughout the, the year. I, I think it's uh, what is it? 17 points in six quarters mm-hmm. in six third quarters. Like, Come on, man. They're, they're, you got to be able to figure this out. Where you, well, I'm not yes, saying sir. you got to explode. I know you're exploding in the second, but you got to be better than that. It's like first. It's like 14 in the first quarter, and then like the the third and the fourth quarter are like it's like 17 and 18. Yeah, some really you know crazy that all their ports are getting being scored in the second quarter. I, I don't know what it is. Just you know, I, I tell you all the time. You know, I don't want, I don't care what you call me, just as long as you call me. Well, I don't care what they score, just as long as they score. I don't care when, how, yeah, where. Yeah. Let's just I make it happen. Let's keep it I going. But we also understand that whenever they needed it, they've been able to go out there and do it. Yeah. And you can't take that from them. And that's part of the reason why you always hear Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni talking about. There's so much that we got to get better at, and they love to overcorrect everything they do. Yeah. They overcorrect. We didn't get um, we didn't get AJ Brown enough enough catches. Excuse me. So we're gonna make sure we we make it a, a, an effort to do it uh, in this game. And and who was the first? The first play went to who? He dropped it, but still it went to AJ Brown. AJ, yeah. Mm-hmm. The they always drop. last week we want to make a concerted effort to get Dallas Goddard involved in the game plan. What do we do? We go out and go and make sure he has the best game of his life. He just keeps on throwing it to him. Uh, game before that, I think against Washington, we wanted to make sure we got Devontae Smith the ball. He has the game mm-hmm. of his life. They overcorrect so so much. You know what I'm saying? We wanted to yeah. run the ball against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We did it. Right. So that I mean that's just what they do. We don't tackle well. They go in, work on tackling, and they tackle like they never um they ne- tackle like they've never tackled before. You know, that's just what they do. They love to overcorrect. So when they say there's meat on the bone. There's plays left out on the field. Money on the on the on the table. Money on the table. They truly. <laughs> be- we start to talk like coaches now, right? <laughs> yes. No. Listen, you're right, Barrett. I mean, it's. I, I agree with you. It, there's there's always stuff, and they realize it that they can fix here, and that that's going to be a point of emphasis. I think the other thing that has to be a point of emphasis, and I don't, you know, I don't know if this is as easily correctable is. They're just not good on special teams. If you exclude Jake Elliott, and that's I know that's a big part of special teams. He's a really good kicker. You know, once again, and, and, and Derek, I, I'll give you props. You've been talking about this kid Turpin since the preseason, okay? Every and time I that kid got the ball last right. night, I'm holding but my breath. Don't let the kid get the ball. What am I missing? Why would you kick the ball to that kid <clears throat> twice? That kick return that set them up was a, a big swing in the game, man. If he didn't have that big Huge. body in front of him and ran up his butt, that would have been a huge swing. He tripped over his own guy. He yeah. was taking that to the house. Yep. He almost broke one on a punt return. Yeah, he did. Why are you kicking it to him? I, Kick it out of bounds. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, that's that's coaching. 
No, I unless Sippos has no ability to, to freaking kick a ball out of bounds, which I think he does. You're well, talking about Sippos. Oh my I'm goodness. not some like the, him either, some, Barrett. He's next. Some, is, He's some of the strategy next. in today's game, I understand why they short kick. I understand it because they identify, some special teams identify, it's better to kick it to them because we feel we can get them inside the 20 more so than just giving them the ball at the 25. But this dude, Kevante Turpin, He's from another planet in terms of finding space to run through. First of all, he's a little wispy guy, 5'6", yeah. 165 pounds. But he's got he runs a 4'2", 4'3", 40. That mm-hmm. should tell you in itself, don't kick this man the football. I agree. That play could have been huge for this guy, yeah. uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Thank goodness he tripped over his own guy. But, you know, I'm thinking, what do you think? The special teams is going to cost this team a game somewhere along the line. I just feel in my bones the special teams are going to kill him. Yeah, I, I'd be lying if I wasn't concerned with it. I, I'll put it to you that way. Uh, you know, they don't, they rarely ever get a decent really. Like, we're happy when, when Covey gets like an eight yard return. Bro, you know what we, I mean? like, we were ecstatic. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh. Like, he didn't oh. get blown up this week. And that's, you know, that's the, the solace, it's, but it's, it's not it's, enough. It's, right. It, it's getting so bad that WIP has a drop. Like, is there a, is there a Michael, uh, Michael uh, Clay sighting somewhere? Can we, can we find him? Oh, where, oh, where has my little clay gone? Oh, where, oh, where could he be? Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous that we're going through. That special teams unit is – I'm just not used to it. Yeah. I'm used to FIP style. Hardball. Yeah, hardball. Those yeah. are the guys that made things happen at special yeah. teams. Yeah. He's not doing it. And, and yeah. I think he might be over his head a little bit or – I don't know. He's, you know whether yeah, he's a young guy, or, and I, I don't know. And maybe they didn't give him enough talent. But but I just don't – I know whatever it is, it's not – it's not good enough. Um, First of all, when was the last time you had a 27-year-old as the head of special teams? I had never right. heard of that before. Yeah, it's very young. First right. of all, what, what did they identify in him where they felt that, okay, if you want to be the assistant special teams coordinator, that's one thing. But to give him total reins of special teams at 27 years of age, heck, you're barely out of college. Yep. I mean, I'm looking at his bio. Special teams wasn't his claim to fame in college. So how did he elevate himself to the status of a special teams coordinator? Who did he guys. know? And I don't get guys, it. I, I don't. I just don't get it. And no, obviously, he was. He was the, Barrett. He was like a real young guy then. But, yeah, yeah, he was. Chips but guy. the inexperience is showing. Is showing. Is rearing his head now. Oh, we know this. We this this we we get we get sightings of him in all the wrong times. Yes, when he's messing up. I, I just need. I just need more of an emphasis on special teams. I mean, if it takes going out there and getting somebody that can return footballs, I mean, we, we need that. Yeah. I mean, it's important. It's becoming more and more important uh, as we go along. I mean, a lot of players that we've taken from special teams are now starters now. So somebody needs to fill that void. You know, TJ Edwards was a good special teams guy. Good point. You know, uh, you know, guys like, uh, guys like, um, uh, Epps was a special team. Right. Guy. Yeah. You've lost They're some of those guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, yes. it's interesting though. Like some guy, like, like Malcolm Jenkins always played special teams. Yep. Trotter for a lot, most of his career played special teams, no matter what exactly. I, certain guys, you know, and I get it. Coach. I did too. Those guys hurt. Yeah. yeah. I did too. Well, let me, let me ask you guys this then, because he just got on his podcast a few days ago and brought this up and now starting, people are starting to whisper. Would you bring Deshaun Jackson back? I, Derek, no. I wouldn't, I don't think he can stay healthy. No. Why we we got we got great as, chemistry. As, 
No, as a returner. As a returner, would you bring him back? An old guy like that? I don't know. I know. He's yeah, but that, guy. but, but that old guy can still run a four three forty. I mean, I you don't. You you got a good you got a good nucleus of receivers as it is now. If you bring whoever brings a Deshaun Jackson back, is not bringing him back just to return. Yeah. Okay. You're going to utilize that speed in some way on the outside as well. But would he pique your interest to bring him back? He would solve your problems in special teams. Also give you another another burner on the outside. Would you do it? No, I I, I personally wouldn't. But I I get why it's a a question because it's been so bad. It got I, me I thinking, man. It's got me thinking because he is, he's not going to take them hits that uh that uh the young Covey. boy. No, yeah. Co- Covey, No, it says right now that the, now this was three days ago. The Eagles and the Packers are at the top of his list. I think really? he's trying to drum up interest there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Like, his guy, it's, his guy. It's not out yeah. of the question. That's a down. that's a very interesting yeah um, topic when you think of just him returning, him being explosive in the return. It'll make those guys like Sean Bradley and them block just a little bit harder. Could be yeah, when you got be. a guy like it, these Jacks back there. It's a good case, bad case scenario because you put him on your team in terms of just speed. The way the way teams like Kansas City like to you know um, you know harvest all the speed they can get, but it's bad because Deshaun Jackson wherever he goes, if he comes back, um, is not just going to be satisfied being a returner. Yeah. So you're going to have to appease him. And also the bigger question is, why isn't he playing? There's a whole lot of teams out there that could use a Deshaun Jackson. Price tag. This price tag. Is you know what, though? Like, look, just give you stage, a great example. He's with the Rams last year in his hometown, and he forces yeah. his way out of there to yep. go to the Raiders, and yep. he misses out on a chance to win a Super Bowl ring. Like, I'm yep. sorry. I don't have a lot of sympathy for that, man. Uh, yep. You know, be a team player. <clears throat> if they so. do, if they if they even entertaining that, you got to let him know, look, man, this is it. You know, I don't want no Jason Peters Yeah, I don't want where, any nonsense. You know, yeah, yeah, Peters was right. like, well, if you take me to tackle, then – Right, you got to pay taco money. I don't need all that. You know what I'm saying? Right, I'm with right. you. I'm with you. Uh, you see right. JP get off. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I pushed around. Um, swing it back to a positive. How about this one? Defense has allowed 14 touchdowns this year. They've taken the ball away 14 times. Mm-hmm. That's a damn good ratio, right there. Yes, I mean, it is. So many of those yes, kind of stats with this team that, that really just blow you away. I mean that that's one I that caught my eye last night. I'm like, whoa. I mean, that is so different than what we saw last year and the last few years, really, um, when it comes to this defense. And I told you earlier about the uh, point differential, which is really, really strong for them. Um, you know, it's another game where they just own the time of possession. For whatever it's worth, it can be a misleading stat sometimes. But, you know, they held the ball for almost 10 more minutes than the Cowboys did last night. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the first half. Yeah, and you can do the keep-away thing. It's the first half, Barrett, and then it's when they need those big drives at the end of the yep. game. And where you just take the other team off the field, you know, plain and simple. And they've, they've, they've been going to that mode, you know, for a lot of the year so far. I like, um, mm. I like the way this team is able to just Debo people and dominate them when they feel like doing it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just, that's, 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 that's something I hadn't seen in a long, long time, a long time that you don't have the, you have the capacity to go out there. All right. We're going to run the ball. You know we're going to run the ball. We know we're going to run the ball, and we're still going to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're thinking. We're going to we're going to run this rock, and just go do it. I mean, that's crazy that they're able to do that. 
That's why I'll still say the offensive line is the strength of uh, of all the positions. Oh, no. You know, D line is has certainly had their moments. Linebackers are so improved. The oh man, the the, the secondary is so improved. Uh, wide receivers are so good. I'll still take the offensive line when healthy. Well, you heard Nick Sirianni say last night, man. He said, man, I had I had to go back. You know, sometimes you got to get back back down to base. You got to get it to your weapons. And um, I got five weapons that I that I that I wanted to you know rely on last week, and that was. That was my offensive line. I mean, tonight. Now, and then he said it happened last week also. They are my biggest weapons. That offensive line. I'm like, man, you ain't told nothing but the truth. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like they get bored at points of the game. You know, okay, you know, this is this this is too easy. You know, it's like they get bored and go to, and they have this low period, and all of a sudden they get the wake up call when teams get a little too close, and then all of a sudden they put their foot back on the pedal again. Uh, just to show that, hey, we can do this in, in anytime we want, anywhere we want, from anywhere on the field that we want to do, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, it is impressive overall just how the light sw- switch flips off and on for this team, and they still come out on the positive side of the ledger. Yep. No, listen, well said. How about Sirianni, guys? And we know he's a feisty guy. We know he's fiery. But there were a couple moments. One, he runs all the way down the sideline early in the game you know, reacting. And then the other one is when a lot of it started to get chippy and there was a cheap shot on Kelsey and, uh, you know, Micah Parsons was taunting Goddard. There was a lot of stuff that went on during the game and he's yapping the game over bleepity bleep, bleep, bleep. Like you don't often see that kind of conduct from your head coach. Um, You know, it, it is strange. I wonder how much that fuels fire for if you're meeting a team again later in the year, which would be Christmas Eve when you're on the third of a back-to-back-to-back, which the Eagles will be when they play the Cowboys on that game. But I think it's another one of the reasons why this guy is really connected with the city. Like, he reacts almost like a fan would react in the seats a lot of times. You know, it's funny. He's very low-key, very modest, very humble when he sits at a podium. But all of a sudden, when that game when that game starts, it's like a it's like a Tasmanian devil takes over, and I believe the players feed off that that energy. They love his positive energy, and you know most like you said, Rob. Most coaches win, lose, or draw. They're reserved. Yeah. You know, you know you don't see coaches you know you pumping his fist like a game over and, and and mouthing certain words. You could tell once they knew that they had this game in hand, that it was a big, not sigh of relief but feeling of exhilaration that his team finally shut up these Dallas Cowboys. His team wasn't doing the talking before this game. DeMarcus Lawrence talking all that mess about they haven't played us yet. Well, you know what? You hadn't played the Philadelphia Eagles. So -hmm. what do you have to say now, DeMarcus? You know, everybody's talking about your defense, your defense that hadn't given up more than one touchdown in any game this season gave up three in this game. Your defense that was averaging 117 yards allowed rushing gave up 136 in this game, your defense that have been getting off the field and giving your offense short fields that they kept you in games, your low scoring offense kept you in games that helped you over the hump. Wasn't getting the ball back this time, mm. you know. So, what do you have to say now? Nothing, yeah. go back, put your head between your tail, go back, do what you got to <laughs> do, and learn a valuable lesson next time. Keep your mouth closed and just play the game. When the game is all said and done, do all the wolfing you want. If you come mm-hmm. out on the, on the positive side of the ledger, fine, but leading up to that game especially for a guy 30 years old who's been around the block a few times, you should know sometimes you put your foot in your mouth, you got to eat the shoelaces. Yeah. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. 
You got you got uh, uh, shoe polish breath uh, when that's the case. <laughs> um, so the Cowboys are home. Then they're next to they don't have a bye week till week nine. So they're home Detroit, and then they're home Chicago. So they they they're set up pretty nicely here. It, it gets tough after their bye. After their bye, they I don't know what Green Bay is going to be looking like at that point, frankly. But they go to Green Bay, then they go to Minnesota, then they have the Giants at home and the Colts at home. The Colts have kind of found their footing a little bit here. Uh, I'm not telling you they're great, but they've been better. So that's that's not an easy little stretch there for the Cowboys. They got two easy off and then a challenge after that. But the other interesting thing was mentioned earlier, Micah Parsons, when Lane Johnson was in there, wasn't doing much. When Lane left is when he really started to kind of wake up and come on. Like he's always disruptive. Don't get me wrong. But he wasn't wreaking total havoc when Lane was in there. It just tells you how – like we already knew this, but how good Lane Johnson is, and you hope that's it's not a real severe concussion. Yeah, right. You know, when you got a guy like that, man, he he he. I mean, he totally shut him down when he was in there. You know, and and he's the great equalizer, man. When you know, when you make a guy pick his ball up and go take it to the other side, that's that's exactly what he did. Because uh-huh. when they figured out that he was not there, Parsons didn't leave that left defensive end, right side of the offensive line. He didn't leave from there, and yeah. he went in there and wreaked havoc. You know, I was like, look, if we don't start running the ball, this is going to be a long, long night. A yes. long night. Yep. Trust Absolutely. me. Yeah. Agreed. It'll be a long night. Mm. Agreed. All right, so we'll come back. Uh, we will turn our sights to the Phillies, who are now advancing tomorrow night to the NLCS against the Padres in San Diego. We'll set the schedule for you, the pitching matchups, how they got there, all the big moments over the weekend, everything all the craziness with this team. Two o'clock, we'll do our NFL talk, and then uh, everything's on the table, including a new monster deal for Charles Barkley. I'll tell you about that as well coming up in a little bit. He's Derek. He's Barrett. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network with you on this Eagle, Philly, everybody Monday. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So, do you have any type of tree issues in your yard or on your property? If you do, they're just a quick phone call away. They are experts trimming all types of trees and serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, you get storm and hurricane season underway right now. It is a great time to get your trees evaluated before some gust of wind or some bad weather takes them down. Go to their Facebook page or Instagram for more information and a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flintreeservices.com. That's flintreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Pondley Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low-interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're with you each and every Monday through Friday, 12 Eastern to 3. And if you miss any of the show, any of the interviews that we do, any of our segments, and you say to yourself, oh, man, I, I had to run out, or is it work? Don't worry about it. Just go to jacobsports.com. You can check out the shows in their entirety or Jacob Sports YouTube Network. You can check out all of our interviews. And you get a little gun on one. How about me doing a, a D-gun free plug right there? Checks in the mail. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate that. Who is this week's gun on one? 
Uh, we're still debating. I have several okay. choices. Haven't well, confirmed who was last yet. week, at least, that they can watch. Oh, last week was uh, <laughs> wait, wait, man, these weeks are all blur. Oh, Ray Dinger. Oh, my there goodness. There you go. There you go. My a little goodness. senior moment there. You're all right. Wow, okay. man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So we'll, we'll, we want to keep you surprised. We'll let you know when we know who this week's is going to be, but it's uh, it's doing very well from what my sources are telling me. Anyway, um, so Phillies, guys, we, we mentioned it off the top of the show. It was really a remarkable weekend. They eliminate the 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 world champions. The Atlanta Braves, three games to one to advance. Here's Let me start with the schedule, then we'll go back and look at what went down this weekend. They play tomorrow at 8.03 in San Diego. Then they play Wednesday at 4.35, also in San Diego. They come back to Philadelphia after an off day Thursday. Friday night, they play at 7.37. Saturday, 7.45. Uh, we start to get into, if necessary, Sunday at 2.37. Keep in mind, kind of nice timing there because there isn't an Eagles game. Okay, you get the off day. So 237 if there's a Sunday game. That, so it's a 2-3-2 format. Two San Diego, three Philly, two San Diego for game six and seven if needed. There's no off day, by the way. You got After Sunday's game, you fly right to San Diego. You play Monday at 8.03, Tuesday at 8.03 if this thing goes the distance. And, you know, looking very good for the Phillies in terms of the setup with the, with the pitching matchups. You got Wheeler and Nola out of the shoot game one and two. And you can utilize Wheeler in game five uh, again. So you can get Wheeler twice in this series. And Nola, if it goes, you know, relatively deep, you get Nola twice in this series. So they're set up, you know, in a good way. They took uh, three, four out of out of seven during the regular season. The Phillies were four and three uh, against San Diego during the regular season. Uh, they played relatively earlier in the year. They lost two of three here in May, and then they won three of four in San Diego in June. You may remember that San Diego series was the one where Harper took the the pitch off the thumb from Blake mm-hmm. Snell, which put him out, whatever it was, two months. Um, so that was, it was his a, boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, it, that was his guy. And so th- those two were buddies. You know, I don't know how, how buddy-buddy they're going to be when, when it comes time to see who can you know, gets the rights to play in the World Series. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, I, I will say this, and I want to give Barrett props first. <laughs> Saturday, uh, Rob Thompson elects to go with Syndergaard to start the game. Barrett has been on the Syndergaard train, to his credit, throughout the playoffs. Uh, I I just say that because, you know, you you just want that veteran leadership. You want a guy that's been there before who's pitched at that level. You can't look to him to go out there and give you your five innings, nothing like that, four innings. Right. But he can start off, get you going in the right direction, get some confidence, and then you bring in your hitters. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, and he did that. Yeah, you know, he gave one up on, on a on a solo shot. The beauty of Saturday was the the runs they allowed were solo shots. They don't yep. kill you. You can survive a solo shot. Right. Billy's got a bunch of you know three runs. Like Hoskins was a three run Friday. Marsh was a three run Saturday. Those are the ones that kill you. But it was a masterful job of, of manipulating your your pitching staff by Thompson on Saturday. He got three out of Syndergaard and then started rolling guys. And it was everybody, all hands on deck. Pilati. Uh, Alvarado, uh, Eflin, Sarandon, hand, hand it, and it worked perfectly. It really did. And he, I thought he really outmanaged Snicker in that series. And you look at the last two pitches he sent to the hill, both uh, Eflin and, and, and Sir Anthony, they combined for six strikeouts and no hits. Mm. You know, they just basically closed the door on this Atlanta team, you know, and we were debating on the show Friday where, while we were out at, um, 
the Dodge dealership, you know, who would you use as your closer? Yeah, who would you use as your closer? And I think right now the Phillies have three three closers. It's closer by committee. And I don't know of any other team that has that luxury right now. You can throw Alvarado in there. You can throw Eflin in there. You can throw Dominguez in there. And, you know, the way they're pitching right now, stack them up against anybody they're playing against right now. Um, and, and Derek, you make a great point. It's it, it's by committee, not by default. Like you're not no. saying to yourself, I don't know, uh, Sir Anthony sucks right now. You know, Eflin sucks. No, like these guys are all, you know, in a good place right now. Or you're, or you're not saying, oh, my goodness, he threw X amount of pitches today. I can't use yes. them again tomorrow. You see, that's huge. Yeah. You know, in this day and age of why we, we watch the pitch counts of pitchers, um, to determine whether or not they're available at a crucial point of a game the next day. You don't have to worry about that with these three guys uh, on the back end. But looking at this series coming up, the storylines are incredible. You know, two teams, two wild card teams that make the playoffs, got hot at the right time. You have two, the Nola brothers going against each other. Um, it, it, you, know, you got a mom who's divided between the two teams. You know, what an incredible – I just saw a picture this morning where she's standing on the field with both sons and, you know, talking about how she's going to be torn between two teams. Wow. Um, what an, inc- what an incredible, I guess you go harder the night series. Aaron pitches, right? Is I guess you go harder Phillies that night. And then I don't know what you do, man. I don't Honestly, know. What do you do when, when Austin is up against Aaron as a parent? Exactly. Have somebody design you a Jersey that's half Philly and half San Diego. <laughs> I guess I've seen that before. I guess I the positive too. is, you know, uh, if if Austin gets a hit, you're happy for Austin. Aaron gets him out, you're happy for Aaron. I don't know. I don't know how it works, man. But you're right, Derek. That's a really cool angle to this thing, the NOLA uh, parents. You know, involved and then here. you look at the teams and where they're hitting. I mean, you know, the, the big st- one of the big stories of the summer, the Padres get Juan Soto to go along with Machado, who's finally healthy now. And you look at the way they won that series um, against the Dodgers. Man, you talk about timely hitting. Oh. They don't blow you away with the long ball. They just they kill you with the with the spraying the ball all over the place. Yeah, you know, and they all they're all hot. The whole lineup is hot right now. The yep. pitching staff, and then they make the move to get Hater from Milwaukee. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and now yes. all of a sudden, when he first got to San Diego, people are wondering, did they make the did, did, did the Brewers sucker them in this deal? He, he was he lost couldn't for buy a while, an out. Derek. Yeah, and that's not like him. No, couldn't buy an out. All of a sudden, he gets to the postseason. It's the Josh Hader everybody expected him to be. Yeah, 99, 90, 101. I mean, you look at this guy. Look how wispy he is in terms of build. My goodness. Ball comes out of his hand and all you hear is scoop. I mean, he's Bro. back to where he was. It's what a great – I can't I can't wait to see this series. Now, obviously, you hope the Phillies win it. I just can't wait to see the series of drama. San Diego is lit like right now like never before because the Padres is all they have. Right, you know, exactly. The Chargers are gone. The Clippers I, – I was there – I covered the Clippers when they were the San Diego Clippers. Right. Wow. When, 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 when Kobe Bryant's dad was playing for the Clippers, mm-hmm. you know, Jelly Bean Bryant was playing for the Clippers. That's how all those Clippers are. They move up the coast. Then the Chargers take off and move up the coast. Now all they have is the Padres and San Diego State. And San Diego State's, you know, irrelevant most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. But this team is on fire. We know what Philly is as a baseball town and how the, 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 the excitement about this team is at a fever pitch like never before. I would say the fan base has gone crazier for this team than they did in 2008. To be well, let me ask you both you. this: you know, what between Melvin and uh, and Thompson, 
who's been who's done a, a more masterful job. I mean, you got two guys that brought in a lot of firepower. They have a lot of firepower as far as batting, yeah, or, and hitting. You know, what, what, I mean, who's going to have the harder job? You think? Wow, that's a good question, Barrett. I, I didn't think question. of it in those terms. Yeah. Uh, I, I, first, I say both have done really good jobs. Uh, yeah, yeah, number yeah. one. You know, Melvin, he came over from the A's. He got w- w- out of a situation where they were constantly rebuilding and retooling, and, and he, he just said enough already. So he's been in place all year, whereas Thompson takes over at you know, June 2nd. Uh, boy, um, I, I don't know. It might be a push, honestly. Like, both managers have done a really good job. I don't know if there's a distinct advantage there. I'll say this. You know, the way Thompson managed that last series for the Phillies, I'm, I'm good no matter who he's facing. Like, I feel like he's got such a feel for his team. Um, more than anybody else. You know, the other thing I like about this team, they celebrate. Like, yes. they're enjoying the moment. It's not the second they win. Oh, we're on, we're on to the Padres. Right, right. No, like, you, it's okay <laughs> that night to go have fun. And, yeah. and it was really yeah. cool to watch. I think they really like each other. And I know bre- winning breeds like, you know, people get, getting along and all that. But I think they really like each other. I love the fact that they wanted to sort of get out in the town. They went to Xfinity Live. And we're up on the balcony partying and, and and acknowledging the crowd. Like Harper was there. Stott was there. Rob Thompson showed up too. That kind of stuff is cool. They've really connected with this fan base, man. It, they really, really have. And San Diego, like the way they – they're just to get in their shoes a little bit. They slayed the dragon, man. The Dodgers? Yeah. Are you kidding me? The Dodgers the own the them. Yes. All, all, Dodgers own them all season long. Dodgers had the best record in baseball, possibly the best lineup in baseball, possibly the deepest pitching staff in baseball. And the Padres found a way to oust them. I mean, that's the beauty of sports, man. A lot of times what should be isn't, you know, and and I like, you know, I know the, I know the networks would love to see a Dodgers Yankees world series because of the network ratings to, you know, to, to the the two biggest markets in all of television. Um, but for from a pure fan standpoint, I like this fresh this this breath of fresh air. This was a Phillies team that was left for dead by the previous manager. Yep. People just wanted them to do well to see if they could get into the playoffs. They endure all of these injuries. I mean, in, I mean, Castellanos, Harper, pitching staff, Eplin, Eplin, Wheeler. You know, thinking, can this team hold on? All you got to do is just hold on. They don't They don't even secure a playoff spot until the second last day of the season. All right. And, and think about it. It's very similar to what the Eagles went through. If Major League Baseball had not expanded the playoff format, the Phillies probably don't make the playoffs. Yes, they don't. When you think about they it, don't. they don't make the playoffs. No, you're right. Just like the Eagles. If the NFL doesn't expand to seven teams, Eagles don't make the playoffs last year. Yep. But because that door has opened a little bit more, not only do they get to the playoffs, they're one of the four teams, one of the two teams left standing in the National League right now. Mm. I, I think it's just an incredible storyline. Learning um, process, yep. Oh, my goodness. And I just – and now this team, who knows? They could ride that wave and win it all. You don't know the way they're playing right now. Well, they're just the, young enough – they're just young enough not to understand that they're not supposed to be as good as they are. Yeah. You look no, look no further than the Braves last year who caught fire at the end of the year and rode that wave all the way in, man. So, I don't know. You know, it, it's not necessarily the team. Look at the Dodgers. Look at the Mets, those teams that are just out of it that won 100-plus games. It's – uh, yeah, it, it, they're, they're in the right place. But it was really – it was such a – it was such a fun – 
weekend. Like that game, I'll tell you what what may have flipped the entire series here for from a Philly standpoint. Well, certainly in game three. The Bryson Stott at bat. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he he early in the game, it was scoreless. He he's he's battling Spencer Strider, who was a rookie stud. And he's just fouling pitches off, fouling, pitch count building up, building up, building up, building up. Finally, man, he hits one into right field and the Phillies get on the board. And it, it was like everybody could just exhale for a minute. And then right, right after, you know, that same inning is yep, when yep. Uh, Hoskins hits his home run. And, and I'm with you, Don. I'm not a huge, like, bat flip, you know, whatever. I think it's time and place. Like, if you're down 15 to 1 and you're, and you're, you're doing a bat flip, you're a jackass, right? But in that moment, where it, it is a playoff game that gives you a four nothing lead for a guy who had been struggling, man, for him, and it's his first postseason home run. It's pretty fitting for him. To I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I yeah. don't have a problem with that. I think that's yeah. a great exclamation point for a guy who has had so much pent up frustration because of, uh, so much was uh, expected of him. And you look at where he was in the lineup. When you're in the top four spots in the lineup, you're expected to be an igniter. And this dude was two for 16, you know, mm. 0 for 4, 0 for 3, you know, two strikeouts here, three strikeouts there. And, of course, when you're in a market that pays attention to that stuff more so than a lot of markets like Philadelphia, you cannot avoid television. You cannot avoid the radio. You cannot avoid all the talk shows. If you don't hear it directly, you got somebody feeding you all the information that you need to know. And that, that wells up in you. You know, those competitive juices are ready to explode, and I think that was his explosion moment. Finally, the exclamation, the proverbial monkey is off his back. He delivers in a big situation, you know, um, and, and I love that moment. I just have a problem with the everyday game. You know, I think in a lot of ways it's disrespectful. Right. You know, when you when you think about – when you're old enough to think about the way the game used to be played, you know, guys would hit a home run, drop the bat, run around bases, high-five it with the people, go back to your dugout, you know, even if it's a big moment, pump your fist. You know, mm -hmm. Kurt Gibson, prime example, hits one of the most memorable home runs in playoff baseball history. He pumps his fist. Sure. You know, he wasn't flipping the bat. He's not pointing at the stands. I mean, really? I think that's disrespectful to the opposition because if somebody did that to you, all of a sudden you have a problem with it. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, yeah, you, 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 you want to fight. You know, oh, he embarrassed me like that? What are you going to do? Put another next pitch under his chin? Right. Well, you know what? You you started it. You know. No, well, at least he didn't sun him. Like, like the Guardian yeah, yeah. game, oh, yeah. he rocked the baby. Oh, that was He's oh boy, boy. Oh, man. Man. <laughs> that's that's back in the day, like where he's wearing one the next time he comes to the play. Right, he, right, he, right, he, right. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, and and again, not to be lost in that game three is Nola. I mean, Nola, just unbelievable. You know, and, and that's what he's been. You think about what he's given them, uh, going back to the Houston game where they clinched on that Monday, then St. Louis on the road, and then the game this this past week. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, and, and see, I'm hey, Rob. See, I'm looking at this guy, Fly Eagles Fly 360. Can you pull up his comment right here for a moment? See, this is this is what I'm talking about. People don't hear what you're talking about. That's a soft way to think, D Gun. These guys work hard their whole lives to get to that moment. Of course, they're going to show emotion. I didn't say anything about Reese Hoskins in that moment. That was fine. He slammed the bat. He enjoyed the moment. I'm talking about over 162-game season when you got the guys running down the field doing this stuff after a home run. The guy flips the back in the air or stands there and stares down the pitcher. That's excessive. You don't need that. It's you know, simple. A, it's time and place. Exactly. See, that's, that's the, it falls into that narrative of people hear what they want to hear. 
and then blow it up in the wrong direction. You're not listening. Yeah. Pay pay attention to what we're talking about here. You know, we are people who have seen the game the way it was played compared to the way it is played now. We're not saying one is better. I'm just saying that aspect of the game, I don't really care for. That's my opinion. Right. It's nothing to do with their work ethic and, and enjoying the moment. They're one of the few athletes who have this opportunity to play the game at the highest level on the grandest stage day in and day out. But there's a certain respect that goes along with the game right. that we forget right. about. Right. Listen, heard. Right. Well, well said, Derek. Well said. Um, just sort of speaking of that to an extent, on the inside the park home run on Saturday from Rail Muto, Ronald Acuna Jr. doesn't even move in right field to back his guy up. It kicks yeah. off that, that jutted out yeah. wall yeah. and, and yeah. it goes in the right. And, and the center field of Michael Harris has to run all the way to, to almost right field to get. How does that happen in a playoff game where you're not busting it? Like I, I will never understand that ever, ever. As long as I live that you're not giving everything know. that you have in a playoff game, man, I don't, I don't get an it. elimination game for your team, by the way, exactly. Atlanta exactly. was, it was an elimination game. I, I it's, it's incredible. I, I, I don't get it. You know, it's not like you're a rookie. You know, you're a veteran. You you know what's expected of you. Yeah. And to give a, a, a not even an effort like that. I mean, what are you thinking? It's hard to fathom. It, it really I, is. It's hard to fathom. They're going to be watching that. They're going to be watching that. You know, he's got to watch that for the you know rest of the offseason. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's got he's to wear that for the rest of the offseason. Absolutely. I found, I found it really interesting. Um, I heard the radio there – a clip of their radio broadcast Atlanta's and you know how the local broadcast team is usually pretty favorable to the home team. They're not going right. to go after their own guys too much. And yeah. I'm not, I, I will say this, Larry Anderson will go after if he'll call guys out on, on certain things. So I don't mean every broadcast team, but it, I give Atlanta, I don't know who, who was doing color for them, the color analyst, but he went after Acuna jr. And pulled no punches. I hope there's and no repercussions so. for the guy. I hope yeah. so. But he was, he, he hit he hit him pretty hard uh, about it. So I props to him. So they, they did a nice job with it. And rightfully uh, so. Yeah. No, rightfully so. Exactly. So <clears throat> everything is kind of lining up. Your bullpen is starting to hit their strides. Bryce Harper is hot. Real Muto's hot. You, you know, the, the daycare, the younger kids are doing a really nice job uh, in general. The only one you really got to kind of – and Marsh is doing a good job. The only guy you really got to kind of get going here is Schwarber. He's the yeah. only one from, yeah. from like, you know, at that perspective, who isn't, who isn't hitting his stride right now necessarily. I think I think he's overthinking the cases now. I think yeah. he's building up so much that he's overthinking, and, and every swing now is for the fence, you know. And I, and I think that's taking him away from what he did all season long uh, to help this team to get to where they are right now. And you know, hopefully, hopefully he can come out of that because they still need his bet. As well as things are going for this team right now, they need his bat in big moments. Yeah, I mean he's not—he's never going to hit for high average. I mean we can concede that. Yes, but he gives you a power stroke in that lineup that can change the game at any given moment, and it just hasn't existed yet. Now, luckily, what was Harper eight for sixteen in this series? Yeah, was he was incredible. He's been incredible in the, in the postseason, Derek. Yeah, yeah. All so he's finally back. Harper's finally back. You know, my boy Castellanos has has played well in the postseason. Okay. Yes. I just need, we just need, we just need that big bomber back in the yeah. front end of this lineup. 100%. <laughs> just too, just, he's just maybe too far up, but hey, there's no going to be no changes in that lineup, bro. Right. And that's what, look, you give Thompson credit. He, he, 
you know, he dances with who brung him, you know, and, and that's for sure. Harper postseason, 10 for 23. That's a 435 average, three doubles, three home runs, six RBIs mm. in the two series. So, mm. And the last one he hit on Saturday went the other way, which is always a good sign for him when he's yep. hitting to the opposite yep. field. So um, Harper hot for sure. How about the Phillies pitchers in that game Saturday? 15 strikeouts, no walks. Yep. That wow. is what awesome. else? What else can you ask for? I mean, I mean, you're that's Syndergaard, Bellotti, Hand, Alvarado, Eflin, and Dominguez. Fifteen strikeouts, no walks against awesome. that lineup. Awesome, and they've now beat the ninety-three win team and a, and a one hundred and one win team. I'll take that every day. Yeah, you know, you beat the defending champs, but the lineup is as good as any lineup in the National League, and you had fifteen strikeouts and no walk against them in a defining game. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that a hundred times out of a hundred. That is crazy that we're sitting yes. there talking about a team. I mean, this this team, they believe, man. They, they believe, man. And and they're in a good place, man. They're in a yes, good space headwise. Yes. yes. And that and that goes that goes unlooked at a lot of the times when, when guys are playing that well. And then, you know, they're not just they're not just playing individual baseball. They've they've beaten guys, you know, any way you talk about they small balled a team. Uh, the, the first game with, with Atlanta, uh, you know, they brought their bats the last game against uh, Atlanta. They've done everything that you want from a, from a, you know, from a team standpoint on, on scoring runs, you know, and, and, and those go, them going through that progression is only teaching them how to win more. Yeah. Just like this Eagles team, they're learning how to win. Just keep learning. You know, as you go along, mm-hmm. you become more and more versed on the different ways that you can go out there and beat a team. No question. Yeah, no question. And, and here's the other thing. You know, they, they've been road warriors. They've taken care of business at oh, home. They had right. to, I mean, you think about it. You go to oh, St. Louis, goodness. you win those first two. You get yeah. the first one in Atlanta. So you got three of those five wins. They're five and one in the postseason. Three of those wins have come on the road. So you're mm. going gonna to be on the road for the next series more than you're going to be home. It, you know, well, maybe not. I mean, but you hope not. Maybe you just come home and win, win one on the road and win three at home yeah. and never go back to San Diego. But yeah. the point yeah. is – you know, they're kind of used to this underdog role and, and it's, it's, I think they wear it pretty well, you know, so far it, it's uh it's worked out as far as that goes. So it's going to be interesting tomorrow night. Uh, they get it started eight Oh three. And again, uh reminder that the Wednesday game is in the afternoon. The rest of the games in the series are all at night, except for if there's that Sunday game, which would be two thirty seven. So um, we haven't heard yet who San Diego is going to go game one. We know for the Phillies, out of the shoot, you're going to go Wheeler and then Noel. And then the question becomes, do you go um, do you go Ranger in game three? I think they probably will go Ranger game three, even though he wasn't great in his last outing. That would probably be my guess. But then it starts to get interesting after that, Barrett. Do, do they go back to the same formula that they went to on Saturday with Syndergaard and then kind of a bullpen game from there? It, it's so far so good, right? Right. So, I, I, I really don't trust them bullpen games, but at least they have guys that can go out there and and he has so much faith in guys like Eflin and Sir, and, and Sir and Sir Anthony that you know he doesn't mind playing either sticking either one of them you know in a power uh, in a in a in a situation where he needs to get out he'll throw Eflin in there you know yes. or or he'll throw you know Sir Anthony in there I mean it's he is he is mastered right now playoff bas- uh, playoff baseball in just a little amount of time with the team that you know he took over this year. All right, so a couple uh, real quick, and we're going to do a, an NFL segment uh, coming right up. But let me give you a couple of these. Uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals, 
have mm-hmm. lost Justin Pugh, uh, their guard. starting yep. guard, left guard. Yep. Uh, looks Fair like he's done. Guy. Yeah, uh, he's a Philly guy too. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, season-ending knee injury. So uh, wow, that's not looking good. So they they try they added some firepower with uh, with Robbie Anderson, but they uh, they have you know lost a guy there. Well, now it makes sense why they added Robbie Anderson uh, because they may have lost Hollywood Brown for the season. Yep, he got hurt as well. Yeah, man. That's again. That's why I pointed out earlier. Eagles are in pretty good health. Yeah, they are. Health wise, headed into the bye. All right, let's uh, let's step aside. Let's come back, and we will dig into the NFL, including the Giants, who just keep doing it. Packers can't quite figure out what's going on with them. Bucks bad game as well. A great one between the Bills and the Chiefs. All kinds of other stuff in store. Do the Pat- uh, Patriots have a quarterback controversy? We'll do all of that when we get back. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
mistake on this Monday, Barrett and Derek and Rob hanging out with you, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, so guys, NFL week six. Uh, we by the way, we have a game tonight. The uh, the Broncos and the Chargers, and you know, Denver's defense has been really good, and their offense has been really bad, and uh, <laughs> you know, to say the least. And and the Chargers are in that at that three and two mode. You wonder if they can start stacking some wins together. Um, you know, it's a critical game really for both of them out there in the, uh, in the West. And you, you just look at the, uh, the standings before we get into everything from that already went down yesterday, but you look at the AFC West, you know, you're, you know, you're chasing, you're chasing the chiefs, even though they lost yesterday. Um, but this is a, this is an important one really for both of these teams. The games in LA chargers are minus four. Um, I, I'm not believing enough in Denver's offense. I would lean towards the chargers in this one. Where are you guys at? Well, if you base if you base it on what Denver's uh, Denver's uh, brain trust is telling you, then this should be one of Russell Wilson's better games because they said they finally addressed the shoulder inju- injury. Um, he's throwing better than he has in quite some time, so there should be no excuses tonight. I don't. I'm not saying Denver will win the game, but there should be no excuses for Russell to play a much better game compared to what he's he has shown up to this point of the season because he's been putrid. Mm. up to this point of a season. He's 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 played bad football. It's not necessarily what's going around going on around him. He's playing bad. Um I know the offensive line isn't great, but they're good enough that they can go out there and play and execute a a, a game plan. He just hasn't he doesn't have it, man. I mean, I'm trying to see if it's you know, he's just, you know, not healthy enough. I'm hoping that's the case. But I just don't see him taking it to taking his his, his play any anything better than what he's doing right now. Mm. Um, is is the offense that much different? I mean, if a guy's open, hit him, and he hadn't been able to do that. I could see if it was schematically they're mm. not doing things right, but I see guys wide open. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. you got to throw a a, a, a tough yeah. football. Yeah, but he's still not getting it there to him. No, I wonder. Failing a lot of passes. Yeah. It, I don't know if this isn't happening. I'm just sort of hypothetically. Don't you have to to go to him and say, "Look, man, what are you most comfortable with here? What did you do in Seattle? You want to just do that? We'll we'll scrap everything. We we, we got to change this up." I almost feel like it's it's like square peg round hole where Russell wants to do something and 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 Hackett and his crew, you know, are sort of ah, let's kind of do this. I, it just it looks that discombobulated. Like I can't imagine that he's fallen off the cliff this much, you know, that it, that it's all on him. I, Barrett, I know it sounds like you think he has. I'm not saying it. it, it I, I'm not saying, I'm saying, I don't know. I, it just, it's, it's weird to me that he's, that he's gotten this bad. It, sometimes you lose a step. It feels like three for him. Right. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah, you do have the ability to run the ball. You have that ability, which should open up a little bit for play action. But even when you open up a play, actually, I saw Cortland Sutton running down the sideline, and he couldn't hit him. Nobody's around him, and he couldn't hit him. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. hit. He couldn't hit a guy running wide open down the sideline. He was pissed. Oh man, he was pissed. You know, Sutton was like, "What is going on?" Judy running a, 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 a drag route right across the field, throwing behind him. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean. The times that I've actually watched him play, 
he's lost his touch. He used to be so great at putting a touch on the ball. Everything is a fastball with him now. That's it right there. Everything That's it is right a, there. And he's sailing passes, that. throwing wide. I, I don't get it. This is not the Russell we're used to seeing. And I don't know if he's, he's feeling the pressure of signing a $245 million contract. Um, he has everything that you need. You know, he wasn't put in a situation where he's with a team that's rebuilding. He had an offensive line, a good offensive line in place, had good running backs in place, a trio of really good wide receivers. And he's been nothing like the Russell Wilson we've been accustomed to seeing for years. He's throwing everything like he's throwing a hundred mile an hour fastball now. And then I don't get it. I just don't get it with him. That's it. D gun right there, man. I, I, I couldn't really think about it. You know, I'm like, he's throwing over throwing guys. I mean, he, he's, he's not, he's not pinpoint. He's just not, he's just not putting any type of touch on his, on his footballs. No, there's no, no. touch. He's underthrowing or overthrowing them, throwing behind them. There's no touch. No touch at all. That's exactly what it is, man. It's no touch. That's how I would and you, you you can say that okay, they lost a great running back for the season in Javante Williams, but you still have Melvin Gordon. You still have Latavius Murray, who you picked up. So you still got quality backs behind you. All you have to do is manage the game. You know, he was one of the best in the business managing the game. So is it coaching? Is it the offensive structure? Um, how much of it was the shoulder? But then again, he, he had this shoulder injury that they were talking about, but he still has a zip on the ball. He just can't hit anybody accurately right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's uh, – so let's jump around here a little bit, guys, from week one. Let's start with the Giants. You know, I, I, I watched a ton of that game yesterday, um, and I've had a, a chance to watch them in chunks, I would say, rather than entire games. I'll, two things, two observations, and I'm not, you know, breaking news, but I'll, I'll give you two observations. One, their defensive line is really good. Really good. Uh, and two, they're really well coached. Uh, it, there was no better example that Saquon Barkley in, in, you know, sliding yesterday at the end of the game to eat clock rather than scoring and making an 11 point game. You know, we saw Cleveland do that earlier in the year and they lost because of it. And I was, I don't kill the Cleveland running back for going in there, but Saquon did that and to put the game out of reach. They, they, they were really good and they forced Lamar into some bad turnovers. And there's something wrong with the Ravens, by the way, but nonetheless. There is. Yeah, that's a part of it too. But they're, they're, they're not like, I don't, I, I don't, I think they're going to come back to earth, but I don't think they're going to fall off the earth either. That, that's the way I view the Giants. And Dude. Dable's doing an incredible job. Right, right. Now, Derek, do you see that? Do you see, was that one of the games that you saw was going to be a, um, was going to be a, a game that the Giants were going to win? Was that one of your uh, games? Yep, that was uh, – I got two out of my three right in terms of my upset specials. That was one of them because you guys looked at me and said, whoa, whoa, Giants winning at the Ravens. I said, they did have that. The, yep. way, the way they're playing right now, you know, all you have to do – winning is, is a multiple-phase process. First, you have to believe you, you can win. Then you go out and shock the world and execute, you can win. And then all of a sudden you're still in that confidence. You can stand up to a lot of people you couldn't stand up to just a year ago. They've won more games and six games this year than they won all of last year. So now this team's looking around at each other. You know what? Maybe we're not so bad. Maybe we're not the bad news bears of the National Football League. When you look at the way they play, they don't do anything outstanding. They do the little things well. You know, they, they get a necessary turnover. I mean, Baltimore had 211 yards rushing against this team yesterday, but they got the necessary turnovers on defense when they had to. 
then make the necessary plays on offense when they have to. They're not a flashy team. You know Saquon Barkley is going to get his workload. I mean, the receivers who are their leading pass catchers, I'm sitting there going, who? who, who who's this? <laughs> I never heard, heard of this guy Bell, before. Bellinger like, and some of these guys, yeah. yeah. Who's the other guy last week? Robbie, what, Richie, Richie something. I'm like, yes. who is this? Yeah, I know. You know, and the leading receiver had 37 yards receiving. Yep. And I'm thinking, they came out on the winning side of the ledger again? I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but he's you, not but turning you, the ball. Jones isn't turning the ball over. I give him. Props that's huge. That is huge. Yeah, and he he's do he's he's he he embraces the the sort of game manager thing, and I give him props for that. He's not trying to get outside of himself a little too much. Their bread's buttered with Saquon and their defense, and and and, and they're well prepared for every team they play. Now, keep in mind that was a big game for Wink Martindale, Giants defensive coordinator, because he was taking on the Ravens. No yep. and no had, you know he did a nice job not la- allowing Lamar to kill him, and you know forced him into two two really bad mistakes, one late. So you know there was a, there was a more going on there too behind the scenes uh, in that game as well. Their linebackers and their front, their down linemen have been been holding that team up. I mean they've been really playing well, mm-hmm. and, and that uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is barely getting his feet wet. He's finally he comes up with a great strip yesterday. Strip his first sack. Stri- strip sack. Yeah. Uh, in the National Football League. And that dude, when I watched him play in college, I'm thinking he's going to be a monster, and he's going to be that monster if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, but they're definitely going in the right direction. I'm not saying – well, who's the rule out that they're a playoff team this year? When you look at the mediocrity in the NFC right now, who's to say the Giants can't get in the playoffs somehow? Not out of 17? the question. Right. That's not out of the question. Not I don't at know all. if I they're going to win anything, but – Well, Derek – there's there again. There's uh, there's three teams in the NFC East that are above 500. If you go outside of the NFC East, there's there's only one other team that's over 500. And that's the Vikings. Yes. Yeah. Eagles, <laughs> Giants, Cowboys, right? And Vikings. Everybody else is is 500 or less. So c- could three get in from the East? It's not out of the question. Absolutely. Totally Absolutely. Wow. Right, let, let, let's go to uh, let's go to the Jets. Let's stay in New York here. This thing's real with the Jets. They yep. can run the ball with with Brees yep. Hall. They had a great rookie class. They have a they have guys who can flat out play Sauce Gardner, yes. Hall, etc., who are giving them major contributions. Like they handled the Packers. No they question, did. their their defensive front owned the trenches in that game against Green Bay. Green Bay could not block the defensive front at all yesterday. Aaron Rodgers got beat up in that yep. game yesterday, and it's a young nucleus of players that's doing it. You know, that's the thing about him. I thought uh, the running back, the young running back, Brees, was the best running back in the draft this year. And all of a sudden, he did. Yeah, he's from back. Iowa State or something like that? Yeah, Iowa, Iowa State. State. Yeah, yeah, he's been. He's I been thought he was the so best far. back in the draft. And so mm-hmm. the Jets Jets had, what, three first-round picks. They scored big on all three of those. They get this kid in the second round. They yeah. get four starters out of this draft. You yeah. know how rare Douglas that is? is looking real good. Oh, man. my goodness. You know, mm-hmm. just a year ago, people were wondering if Douglas was the right hire. He shut up a lot of people this year because the Jets. I'm. We said it last week. When was the last time both NFL teams in New York were relevant at this point of a season? It's I, been a I, long I time. Remember. Yeah, I can't remember. That's right. They got three first rounders. They got three yes. first rounders. Um, what was that? Jermaine Johnson. Yep. Uh, Sauce. Garrett Sauce. Wilson. And, yeah. Sauce Garrett Wilson. Garner, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. And, and then they get Brees in the second round. I mean, are you kidding me? Right, right. They're tough, man. Yeah, I I would not – don't – time to stop sleeping on the Jets, anybody who has been. And, you know, and Wilson – and by the way, they matched their win total from last year. 
Wilson isn't lighting <laughs> the way they did. He's not lighting the world on fire, but he's he's doing enough. You know, he's he's playing smart football. It's very similar fun. to Daniel Jones. Yeah. You know, he's not going to wow you with his numbers, but he's not turning the football over. Absolutely. And look at the play calling. It's just play calling is impressive also. Yeah, they're Man, mixing they, it up. They, uh, whoa. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're doing a great job. I mean, I, and I love that. You know, I don't care about the Giants or the Jets, but I love great storylines. You know, I get, you know, every now and then you get tired of the same storylines every year. 49ers are good. Yeah. You know, Tampa Bay's good. For years, the Patriots. For yeah. Years, the Patriots. Now the storylines have flipped. You were talking about teams like the Giants and the Jets coming up from out of nowhere. You know, I love great storylines like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, another, this one, and this is going to pain you, Derek, but very quietly, the Vikings are five and one. Oh, no. This has been a very under the radar move since the Eagles hammered them on on uh, week two. It was right. Uh, are we buying this? I mean, so one of them was a double doink in London that they survived, but Justin Jefferson has found himself again after a couple off weeks. Well, you know, I'm still I'm still not 100 percent buying the Vikings because their mo has been the same the last three weeks. They, they build a lead, they find a way to lose a lead, then they have to scramble to win a game again. Um, th- the bottom line is they're winning. Oh, were you talking you know? about the Eagles? Oh, no. okay. I thought you were no. talking about the Eagles. Yeah. No, the, I mean, the, the, the Vikings. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The Vikings. Calling you know. Marvin Gunn. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I talked to him the other day, and surprisingly enough, he never brought up the Vikings. I'm like, what's wrong with this picture? Really? Yeah, you didn't bring did up he, the did Vikings. Did he rub in how the, the Packers are playing or no? No. He, we're just talking. Has Marvin talk. turned over a new leaf? Like, what's going on here, man? Oh I, no, he, no, no, he's no, he's 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 my brother. He's never going to turn over a new leaf. I'm never going to turn <laughs> over. There's no leaf to turn. No, <laughs> that's not going to happen. I must have just caught him at a weak moment. Right. You know, well, you know they, he, look, uh, their their rookie coach has done a pretty good job. Yeah, he has. He's done a pretty know, decent job for it's sure. Not, it's, it's hard for any coach to come in and change the culture in one year. Right. You know, Nick Sirianni did it last year. Um. And, and, and you look at uh, the coach of the Vikings now, he's done it in one year. They took a beating in Philadelphia, and they bounced back real nice after that. You know, I don't – I'm still not I'm still not wild with what the Vikings do. I mean, they have, they have explosive weapons, you know, and Thielen yeah, caught a touchdown pass for the second game in a row. Mm-hmm. Thielen's like a forgotten entity in that offense. He is. Dalvin Cook is running the ball well. He, he broke one off for a big touchdown run on Sunday. You're right, Jeff, Justin Jefferson is back. Um, but still, it's just something about that team to me that's lacking. I can't pinpoint it yet. And even though they're one of the few teams that are excelling in the NFC, I'm not, I'm not, there's nothing that when you look at the Vikings, I go, wow. Other than the fact that somehow, some way they found a way to get to five and one. Hmm. All right. Um, so beyond that, uh, I, I, I keep saying it and I'll keep saying it. And Barrett, you were, I think we're on the same page. The Bucks are not it this year. They're, they're, they're not that team, man. You, you don't go there. I know where it was in Pittsburgh and, and play that way at, with that Steelers team. They knock mm. uh, Pickett out, and Trubisky essentially beat you? Beat you, yeah. yeah. And that's on the defense, which is their strong suit right now, their defense. Yes. And you lose to Trubisky? No. On I couldn't believe Tuscan? it, man. I couldn't believe it. Once you knock your, your the starter out, man, it should go without saying but they just it. I don't know, man. I really don't know what they're doing, bro. 
I, I it looks to me like Brady just has remorse, period, for coming back. I'm going psychologically here. Aaron Rodgers is kind of like, hey, I gra- I took the money, but this is not really how I thought this was going to look. Yeah, this is the fun. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of – I don't know if I'm all in on this. Right, like, right. It feels like both of those guys are sort of like there's a little little buyer's remorse that they didn't ride off into the sunset. You know, they're both collecting giant checks. Don't get me wrong. But it, I don't know. I don't know if either one of them are long for this. There's a lot of stuff out that, that Rodgers may even step away. I think Brady, It's there's no question he's gone after this year. I think Rodgers' body language and his conversation with the media after the game said it all. If we have the personnel, the management thinks we we have, we'll fix, get it fixed. But if not, then that's a conversation we need to have. Translation, you better give me some pass catchers in here. Because yeah. this well, again, so they're, just not, yeah, they're just not hitting the curve. They're not hitting it yet. Hey, you know, I hate to deviate from this, but did you see – I was watching, I was looking at this during the commercial break. Did you see that Michael Parsons uh, chirping back at Big Dan, Big Cilio? I guess uh, – <laughs> No. He, I guess Big Seal said something about Lane Johnson owned him, and 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 and, and Micah picked up on this and was going back and forth with Big Seals on Twitter. No, what, what? tell me what tell me what the the, the back and forth was. I, I can't I can't pinpoint exactly. I'll see if um, I find it. That's that's a lot of people getting chirped back about. Uh, BG, right, let's see. You said BG um, chirped back at uh at uh at Seth. At Seth. Okay, here it is. I got it. You guys are ready for it? So yeah, okay. right. uh Dan tweeted out about an hour ago, memo to stupid sportscasters. Micah Parsons is not LT LT fifty six, meaning Lawrence Taylor. There we uh, go. Hashtag Dallas Cowboys, hashtag together blue, New York Giants. I don't I don't know what all that is. But uh, so then Micah about thirty seven minutes ago uh tweets out, I know I'm Micah Parsons exclamation point thanks for the clarification bro exclamation point just ask i'll send you my birth certificate hey that's eh. <laughs> he kind of weak by micah i gotta say like I, sills wins that one but why Damn, even sills with, the, with big sills yeah, but why even respond yeah you know what i'm saying do, do, why did you feel the need to respond because like you said his response was weak yeah why say anything move on yeah. I you know. lost the game you didn't play your best game you lost the game move on and the and the Eagles were in his head last night. I mean, he he taught it. Goddard got a flag for it. He, yeah. he did something else where it was, uh, you know, just it's not smart. I mean, yeah, you, if you can't keep your cool, man, yeah, what like if you're responding to that like that was pretty mild stuff from Sills. Like you're not Lawrence exactly. Taylor. That's not exactly a knock. There, no. there there's one Lawrence Taylor that's ever lived. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if that's something you need to be responding to. But hey, no. Dan so, got under skin a little bit. It's a waste of characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I so like the, that. A waste of characters. The game, other than the game that we were highly focused on with the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Bills and the Chiefs game yesterday, guys. Uh, so the Bills win 24 20. Uh, it's a game where Allen on their final touchdown just makes a brilliant throw. He drops it right over a guy to the to the corner of the, to the side of the end zone for to, to Knox, where he was pretty well covered. It was just a brilliant football play. And they were able to turn Mahomes over a couple times and one in a really big spot. You know, that's yep. a big win for Buffalo there, man. I give give him a lot of props. I couldn't see oh, the end of the game because I was on post game, but I, I, I couldn't believe it. What happened? You know, I mean, a, a pick right at the end. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Mahomes, well, Mahomes had two bad picks. One early yeah. where he should have just thrown it into the back of the end zone. There was nobody open. And he tried to force one as he was, he was like rolling, 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 buying time. 
you know, in the in the red zone, forced a touch uh, an interception. That was bad play. Then last drive, you, the only thing you thought was Buffalo scored too soon, and here we go again. And Kansas City's going to go right down the field with Mahomes, but he threw an interception. He didn't see the guy. It, w- it was a really big win for them. One of the few times his sidewinded throwing motion got him in trouble because yeah. the, the DB the DB set him up. He read it perfectly. Soon as he saw Mahomes cock his arm, that's when he slid up in front of the receiver. Receiver already had a a a, a, a Buffalo Bill player trailing him closely on that on that crossing route, and all of a sudden the guy sitting in the hole. He's he's reading him perfectly. Steps up, picks off game, picks off the pass. Game over. One of the few times that the marvel that we we enjoy in, in Patrick Mahomes failed to live up to that expectation, but I fully expect to see these two teams again in the AFC championship game. I'm with you. Right, and I, right. and I hope that's what we get. Cause that will be absolutely awesome. It was a, it, you're, you're talking about two guys at the peak of their profession and their craft watching those two Mahomes. No question. It was, that touchdown you were talking about to Knox in the quarter of the end zone. Oof. The thing that made me chuckle was Allen stood back in the pocket. The offensive line held up perfectly. Did. And he's he's doing this, telling the guy, just go. Just yeah. go. And he delivers a laser to the corner of that end zone for the touchdown. No question. All right, I got to hit you with this one because all of a sudden, you know, the Patriots, who were a team that I was yeah, pretty much writing off, uh, I'm being honest, have won two in a row now. And – Bailey Zappi has played pretty well for them. You know, could Mac Jones get Wally pipped here? Uh, they done it before. I mean, yep. Belichick's not afraid to do that. Right, right. He's never. He ain't never scared. Nope. <laughs> nope. He'll do that to drop of a dime. Uh huh. First That's of all, I still can't. Right? I still can't take serious a quarterback last name Zappi. I just. It's yeah, not Zappy's like tough, man. It's not like United's Starback Star. You know, <laughs> Zappy. You know, it's not. It's not Allen, Mahomes, Rogers, Brady. It's everybody can't Zappy. have the last name Gun, man. Yeah, we can't all be Guns. Yeah, Zappy. you know. Oh, come on, man. Seriously, Zappy. I, I would say you you, you better be really good at something if your last name's Zappy. Exactly. Change <laughs> it to Zap. Not you Zappy. better be. You better make it to the NFL or be like a great actor or you know something else. You better be right, really right. smart in business. Slappy, slappy, Zappy. I mean, yeah. But you but know he's played well. Trouble. Yeah, he played and well I'll two t- games. Tell you the team that's it looks like they might be teetering on some trouble is Miami. Oh yeah. You know, and I know they've been really banged up too. I mean, with the whole everything with Tua and uh, Bridgewater, who had to come in yesterday because Skylar Thompson got hurt. But they're starting to take on some water now too. Yeah. What did they? They started out what three and zero. They're three and three now. Yeah. And the quarterback yeah, play has a lot to do with it, but but it still. Does. You know, now, um, I, I, now I was just thinking, both parties right now with the Cheetah and with Kansas City, wish they hadn't parted ways the way they did, because he would have been the deciding factor to beat the Bills if the Cheetah was there. Yeah, and then you turn around if if if, if you know you you look anybody could beat um can, you can beat anybody when with those two together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I. I I don't know, man. I mean, his 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 numbers are going to fall dramatically. Not being up there with uh, Mahomes, yep. I mean, they're going to uh, drop straight down. But the other thing, uh, just to get this in before we we put a bow on it, is Wentz has got a broken finger, and oh. we don't know, you know we don't know what that's going to look like for them as they you know go forward here. So they played Thursday. They remember they won that just 
ugh, awful game uh, Thursday night. They uh, will take on Green Bay this week. They're, uh, that game will be home. Then they're at Indy, and then it's Minnesota. They have a tough three there. Yeah, you, got a, you got a desperate Green Bay team, pretty desperate, mm-hmm. an Indianapolis team that's playing better, and then a Vikings team that's 5-1. and one. Then they're at the Eagles. It's Taylor Heineke time. That's their next four. It's- yeah, I can't imagine, despite all of like Ron Rivera crying and you know, Carson's my, my guy pulling a TO, he's my quarterback. Um, that they wouldn't mind kind of pushing him out a little bit. Oh, no yeah. question. If if Heineke comes in there and does anything marginally better than, than Wentz, Wentz is gonna be watching from the sidelines. Absolutely. I think they're looking for an excuse to get him out of there. Now with this broke is that broken finger on his throwing hand or his non-throwing hand? Uh throwing, I believe. They're looking for they're looking for any and everything to get him out of there right now. Yeah, I mean, they are. It'll be so easy to do that. Yeah. Oh my it's, goodness. It, yeah. It's the same logic that they pulled with Dak. Hey, we you know you can't protect yourself. You can't grip the ball. We don't want you put in a bad spot. Go sit it out for a couple of weeks, Carson. And then yeah, and then you watch Heineke will get on a run. Yeah. And exactly. Carson's gonna be like, here we go again, man. Every time I go to the bench, the, the, <laughs> the, the starter takes over and goes off. He, he may not survive that one, man, if that's the case. I always get Wally Pip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the other thing, we, we talked about it earlier, if you're just tuning in, Robbie Anderson gets traded from Carolina to Arizona. Yesterday he gets into a, uh, a blow-up with Steve Wilkes, who's the interim coach uh, for the Panthers. And Wilkes basically said, I, I'm not enough. Go to the locker room. And then he was he was yapping at him as he, as he left the field. Look, I, I remember – this goes back to Temple. Robbie Anderson is – he will get into some stuff. Now he right. can run. He can track deep balls, and if he's if his head's straight, he can he can help you. But he's also a pain in the butt. There's a lot of wide receiver diva with him. So same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. Exactly, exactly. You know. All right, so we we will come back um, and we will do a little uh, Charles Barkley update. We'll talk about uh, a couple other little odds and ends, some college football stuff that went down this weekend, including a uh, you know, huge upset and huge win for for the Tennessee Vols. Uh, Gunner, who's got a really cool story on the on the Utah uh, football team that upset USC. We'll get into that. Good birthdays, couple movies as well, and we'll uh, we'll put a little recap on all the Eagles talk that we've been doing. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek. That's Barrett. I'm Rob. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, our final segment of the show. All right, guys, let's start with this one. Uh, Charles Barkley and actually the entire TNT crew, that's Barkley, Kenny Smith, Ernie Johnson, and Shaq, have re-upped with TNT. The reports out are Barkley's deal is 10 years, 100 million, could go up. No, no, listen to this. Could go up to 200 million if certain clauses and incentives are met. Whoa. TNT has Whoa. that kind of money? 20 a year? Come As on. As part of an ensemble studio cast? Tell me again when these leagues cry poor mouth, how much they're struggling <laughs> with, with money. Let's go, Jacob. We right. got next. Exactly. Well, well who's, who's paying? Is the NBA paying them or is TNT no, TNT, paying them? but I mean, you know, it's it's reciprocal relationship, but that's – damn, man. You I know, knew Barkley I, was, was doing well. I didn't think he was making that kind of money. Look, um, I, I love I love Charles Barkley to death, but when I'm listening to him doing again, I don't get much from him. You know, Shaq, Kenny Smith, I learned a lot of things. I think Char- Charles is there for the humor. Yeah, I, it's all about the byplay with those guys. Yes, when, it is breaking each other's chops. You know, yes. whether with Kenny or Shaq or Ernie getting on them. Charles, you know, dressed up in some goofy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that, that's what they don't take themselves too seriously. And that's the great thing about the show, I think. But 20 million a year for that? I, 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 oh, but the money. It's a great show. Don't get it, it is a great show. Hands I think Ernie Johnson is a great show. facilitator. Yeah, he is. He's a great point guard. Yep. But yep. my and goodness, 20 million for that. 
I thought you were going to say maybe eight, nine, yeah. 20 no. million. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Crazy. Right. Um, it's fascinating. All right. Staying on that Sixers open tomorrow. That's crazy. They open tomorrow against the Celtics in Boston. That's I mean, crazy. it's not a Rudy Pooh game either. It's going against the, the Celtics, man. Come on, man. This, this, it's a this how you want to get it started. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and, and did you ever think the Sixers would be, I don't know, third? I'm not going to say they're behind the Flyers, even though the Flyers started off 2-0. I'm not going to take it that far. But they're a distant third right now in, in, in our consciousness. Well, I would say they're behind the Flyers right now because the Flyers – I mean, it's two games in. But be honest. Did you honestly think the Flyers were going to come out no. and win their first two games? No. When you consider what they did this past season, a new coach who has a hot and cold personality, uh, a lot of the same team is back, and people are like, wait, the Flyers just won their first two games? What? Yeah. You know, <laughs> the Sixers – the Sixers are going to immediately have an impact because they're the Sixers and the additions they made and everybody's high expectations. And they're going in to play a Boston team that has a lot of in-house embarrassment right now. You know, I mean, a Celtics team. A lot of in-house embarrassment right now. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, people are going to watch. Your numbers are going to be great watching the the Sixers. Maybe. Maybe. Who do you think, who do you think is going to be eyed more? Sixers? Or the Phillies tomorrow? Phillies. I think not. I think non-baseball fans will watch the Phillies, and, and the mindset will be, you know what? Yeah, we got eighty-one more games to watch the Sixers. Uh, yep. You know, this is a rarity. This is a treat. This is we. Nobody expected this. No, you and know, it's, I, they're pretty close in starting time. Sixers are seven exactly. thirty. Phillies are eight. So if there's not a big jump for one or the other, they're going head to head most of this. So I watched the first quarter and a half. Maybe the first what the Phillies started what eight oh three, yes, and the Sixers are seven thirty. Yeah. Yes, so I yep. watch the first quarter of the Sixers and jump over to the Phillies real quick, and maybe go back and forth occasionally depending on the lull in the action in the Phillies game. Yeah, it will be a good little measuring stick game for them. You know, you're taking on a team that went to the championship last year, but right. as you guys pointed right. out, there's a lot of a lot's happened. You know, lately for them uh, from a coaching standpoint. So, uh, you know, if this Sixers team thinks that they're headed in the right direction excuse me, if they're better, you know, than what they've been over the last couple of years. Okay. Show it. Let's see. Let's see what PJ Tucker brings to the table. Yeah, Let's yeah. see what uh, Melton brings off the bench. Let's see what kind of shape Harden's in. Let's see how the chemistry is with these guys, how much better max he's gotten. Like there's, there's a lot. To, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll be flipping back and forth hardcore. I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be on both games pretty heavily. Yeah. You um, can't help yourself. Yeah. yeah. I can't help myself. Um, that's for sure. And, and baseball gives you lulls where you can, bip, all right, let me see what's going on here, you know, and, and get back, uh, especially if there's like pitching changes and whatnot. So Sixers tomorrow, we mentioned this earlier, but it bears repeating. Jordan Poyer gets in a car and drives 15 hours to go play in Kansas Jeez. city because he has a rib injury uh, that the doctors wouldn't give him clearance to fly for. So they, they, they rent him out this sort of luxury cruiser thing. He, he goes to, he drives from Buffalo to KC 15 hours, plays the game, game over. Hops back in the cruiser and is and headed back to Buffalo. That well, dude, that's just, a dude who wants the ball. Not right not there. just a rib injury, Rob, but there was a partial collapsed lung. Yes. So you didn't want him to be thirty thousand feet in the air, but he can suit up and exert. <laughs> yeah. And play right? football. Right. Are you kidding me? And he's taking shots to the chest. I don't know and how you, that. Works. And he can play football, but he couldn't just fly with his team. I, I don't know. That's on, weird, man. but 
It's not weird. It is. I mean, weird. Your, your boy, your boy, um, JJ Watt, almost fainted, heart almost exploded. Yeah, he had oh, arrhythmia. Yeah. He had arrhythmia oh, yeah. earlier in the my week man, and played that man, Sunday. He's, yeah, he's at the podium and he's oh. crying. He's like, "Yeah, but I'll go Sunday." And you're like, "What, dude? You're gonna go <laughs> Sunday?" <laughs> like, All right, I guess. Medical marvel. These guys, man, oof, they are tough dudes. They are tough dudes. Uh, that's nothing to do with that, man. You just, you just, some guys just can't get over it, man. I, me, I had to get over it real quick. You know, I, I said, I, I said, I can't do it anymore. Some guys just think they can still do it. I mean, he, he is still doing it, but mm-hmm. oh man, come on, man. It's mm. just, it's just one of those things, man. When, when your body starts breaking down like that, you got to know when to say when. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, obviously, right. he can't yeah. say it. Um, all right, so that's uh, NFL stuff. So the, uh, the the guard I mentioned the Guardians and the Yankees. It's Game Five tonight, winner takes all in New York. Their weather looks a little bit sketchy, so we'll see how that you know how that plays out. But if the Yankees win, they play the Astros. So you know, Phillies are a Final Five team right now. There's five teams mm-hmm. left. There will be four after tonight. Um, it's, it's a it's pretty remarkable to be in the position that they're in right now, considering they were a team that just I would say snuck in, but. We know how this last month, September was was a little dicey. And to be where they are right now is pretty impressive. And they're playing their best baseball. They're playing like they played when Thompson took over. Yep. You know, like that kind of ball. Yep. You know, right now. So uh we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, Gunner, you pointed this out in our pre-show. I didn't get a chance to see it Saturday. Utah, I was on the air. Utah was playing USC and good for them. They upset uh the Trojans. But uh Xander, we have that the the helmet uh that the Utah team excuse me, was wearing. And these were, uh, Derek, you, you fill in the pieces here of, of what is going on. So so I picked up the game in the fourth quarter. And, um, and and Utah has, I love Utah's uniforms, first of all. But it immediately catches my eye. I'm looking at this huge decals on the side of the helmets. And there's not the school logo, team mascot, or anything like that. It's pictures on both sides of the helmet of, of, of faces. And luckily, the announcers brought it up again. Uh, during the course of the fourth quarter, what this signified. And so what it was, it's it's two former Utah players um, who died within a year of each other. Now, one kid, Aaron Lowe, what it did to tell you a little bit further about the story, they both wore the number 22 when they were at Utah. They were both friends growing up in, in the state of Texas, and they ended up both going to Utah. Well, the one kid, Aaron Lowe, um, he uh, accidentally um, he accidentally shot himself th- on Christmas night, shortly after he was named the 2020 Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year. His friend Ty Jordan uh, was a victim of a house party shooting. A house party shooting, exactly nine months to the day after his friend Aaron Lowe died. Okay. Hey. So they pay tribute to both of these guys. Now here's here's the here's the feel good about this. There's this company called uh, Shut Sports Airbrush and Sports Artist, and the guy who who did the paintings. These are now these are hand painted. Now keep this in mind. Uh, this guy I'm looking at it now on his Twitter account. His name is Armando Villarreal, out of Imperial, Nebraska. And he puts out that thanks to everybody for all the love. Thank you, Youth Nation. And then he quickly tells a story that over a span of two months, he hand-painted 150 helmets. His wife helped him and wow. friends helped him. 150 helmets. They were working from like 8 in the morning to midnight most days. 
hand airbrushing these helmets. And you look at the detail of the faces. And then the most touching part about this was they go out and they upset number seventh ranked USC on an incredible two point conversion by the quarterback. And after the game, the moms of both former players are in the locker room. They're giving game balls, and there's not a, a dry eye in the entire locker room. I mean, everybody's in tears. But what a great moment to honor two guys who meant much, uh, meant a lot to that that organization. And I'm still sitting there looking at these helmets, going, "Can you imagine? Look, look at how detailed they were. 150 of these helmets over a span of two months. Wow. And then and then to go out and win." one of the biggest games in the history of your program on one of the most dramatic plays of your program. And then have the moms of both kids right there to watch the whole game, to be in the locker room, giving balls and everybody in the locker room's ball. That's a, what, what a, what an incredible story that was. Unbelievable. Yeah. You're, you're muted, Rob. I believe you're muted. Yeah, Rob, oh, I'm muted. sorry. I, I coughed yeah. and I, I never unmuted. Oh, my bad. Sorry okay. about that. Um, Tennessee, the other great game a little bit earlier than that one was Tennessee uh, upset Alabama. And Hendon Hooker's got a really – I think he's the front runner for the Heisman, but they're, they're quarterback from Tennessee. But, um, man, what a wild scene that was. And, Unbelievable too, man. Yeah, they tear down the goalposts and they <laughs> they drug the goalpost out of the out of the stadium. Was it Neyland Stadium uh, yeah, in, yep, in Tennessee? Yeah. <laughs> I think they dumped it in the Tennessee Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> But pretty crazy. But then then Tennessee is basically like reaching out with like GoFundMes for money yeah, for you, the goalpost. Like, really? Are you kidding me? Oh, you know, the money that program brings in, that's I think it's kind of bad form, man. It, it is bad form because when you look out right there by the stadium, you look out of the stadium, you see these yachts chilling out there on the river. You ever go to that stadium? It's one of the nicest stadiums in college football. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Cool. Checkerboard uh, yeah, end, end zone and everything. Yeah beautiful it, it, the thing is and that, and I'm, and that t- but they pay players under the table more money than a goalpost cost are you kidding me <laughs> i mean and i'm just saying in general college football in general for years we've known this okay yeah, yeah. now i looked it up supposedly a brand new goalpost costs you like twelve thousand dollars brand new and then install so now i don't know why it's such a big difference but if it's ripped out and can no longer be used it's like thirty thousand to replace it and everything you mean to tell me that athletic fund, the boosters doesn't have thirty thousand in pocket change? They can buy a new goalpost. Yeah, now, and not only that, but how many school? Every major school has backup goalposts in a, in, a, in a storage room somewhere for for stuff like that. So you need thirty thousand dollars. You're gonna put, so listen, a GoFundMe page. They're, they're acting like it's some rec league who you, right. you know what I mean. I mean can't, on, doesn't have seriously. enough to get helmets for the for the kid. It's like, come on. Uh, yeah, and by the way, how about one of you, like Peyton Manning or somebody, just rip a check off? Let's I mean, get this right. you know what I mean? Can I mean, we just really? stop with this? You know, I mean, you you would think that's what it would be. But maybe, hey, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I can start the, the D gun back Go to San Diego GoFundMe. I, I never thought about that. Oh, I, you know what? Here, here's the crazy that's thing about idea. this day and age. That's you would a good get idea. you would get some money. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You know what? I think my problem is solved. At least enough for gas money. Well, I'm that. just letting you know that uh, my days are numbered on this network. I just want oh, you to man. know. I'm almost <laughs> we'll there. Give, we'll I'm, give you a Charles right Barkley now. kind of deal. I, that's what I heard. I'm, half, I'm halfway there. I'm halfway Would that there. do it? But lost in all that? Lost in all that? I lost in all that? Your GoFundMe and everything? Yeah. Was uh, Jalen Hyatt's monster day. 206 yards receiving. Yeah. Five touchdowns. They couldn't cover him. 
He yeah, would deep he, anytime he wanted to. How often do you see Alabama's defense and secondary look like that? Where that was that was not Alabama. But you know what no. I loved? Nick Saban's look on his face when that game Ooh. was all said and done. I enjoyed every bit of that. He was yeah. hot as fish grease. Yeah, he was. I, he I was. enjoyed it all. You know, that's oh, what you man. get. You know, your program, your professional program is not invincible after all. <laughs> all right, let's do some birthdays and then we'll get it back to the Eagles here. Birthdays um, was the worst days. All right, so Eminem <laughs> is 50. Eminem's yeah, 50. You know he's, that old. he's the same age as I am. Yeah, man. One of the best born, rappers of all time. Born in 72. Uh, wow. Yeah, was born originally in in uh, Missouri and then moved to uh, to Eight Mile section of Detroit. So that's uh, well, you talking about a, ra- a rag the richest story. This guy, I mean, he, you, when you read his story, grew up dirt poor, yep. uh, had nothing, single parent, and yeah, um, dad rolled, mom was a mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. man. And um, you know, all of a sudden he's risen to to one of the most um, iconic rappers in the history of the rap rap game. Wow, you know what Perfect. a story. Incredible. You know. Uh all right, a couple others here. Uh George Went, who played Norm in Cheers, is 74 years old. Norm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love yeah. Norm. Uh Ziggy Marley, son of Bob Marley, 54 years old now. Uh, okay. Felicity Jones, the actress, is 39 years old. Yeah. Norm McDonald, uh stand-up comic actor, died very recently. Is 60, he was born in 1963. Uh, Rita Hayworth, who was a film star in the what 30s and 40s and 50s, was born this day in 1918. Arthur Miller, who was a playwright, actually uh, wrote, I think, Death of a Salesman, was married at one point to Marilyn Monroe, was born on this day in 1915, was Arthur Miller. Margot Kidder, who uh, played Hmm. Lois Lane in the Superman movies, the old, you know, from the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, was born on this day in 1948. She's since passed. Evil Knievel, the daredevil himself. He was wow. huge when I was a kid. Yep. Was born on this day in 1938. Evil is not not surprising, no longer with us. He did not live a, a very conservative lifestyle. Evil. <laughs> uh, May Jameson, you may not know the name, but she was the first black woman who, who flew into space. Astronaut, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, she is 66 years old. Hmm. Uh, Michael McKeon, who played Lenny of Lenny and Squiggy from uh, Laverne and Shirley, is 75 years old. Oh, get today. out of here. Yes. Wycliffe Jean, 53 years uh, old. Oh, Wycliffe. Oh, Wycliffe. man. Yep, Fuji's. Uh, Mike Judge, Beavis and Butthead and Office Space, is, was born this day uh, in 1962. So he's 60 years old, is Mike Judge. <clears throat> um, what else you have, Gunner? That's about all I have. That's uh, it. You covered them all. No, wow. man. Come on, Kimo Rakinen, man. Kimo Rakinen. Kimo Rakinen. That's, yeah, that's an F1 um, race driver, man. Yes. Barrett's the Barrett's sport. Yeah. Did I see? Uh, it wasn't F1, but uh, NASCAR guys got into a fight. Bubba Wallace and somebody yeah. else got into a fight. Yeah. But they, the they, uh, more like a little pushing match. I guess it was too much, too much physicality between the cars on the track, and one didn't like it, and um, they expressed themselves. Uh, I guess when they were, I don't know if the race was over or was it a pit stop? I can't remember uh, when exactly it happened. But uh, yeah, you know, nice to see race car you ruffle its feathers just a little bit every now and Guy, then. Guys get a little feisty. Uh, oh, yeah. That's for sure. All right. Birthdays in they 19. They fight a lot, though. Oh, they did. Yeah, they do seem to get into it a lot. Yeah. Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson. Uh, after, oh, is that, it was after a crash in, okay, in Vegas. That's what okay. happened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
1997, I Know What You Did Last Summer uh, debuted 25 years movie. ago. Great movie. It was a good movie. Uh, Birdman with Michael Keaton, which was an interesting movie the way it was shot. It was all like single camera. It was kind of kind of weird, but interesting. Mm. Uh, came out in this day in 2014. Birdman. That's all I got movies. What do you got, Derek? Get something else? I got nothing right. else, brother. All right, so uh, a couple other odds and ends here that are of interest. It looks like the Titans have a deal for a new domed stadium uh, in Tennessee. They will go with a dome. It'll be a 1.7 million square foot stadium with a dome, which will make it possible for them to host the Super Bowl, you know, et cetera. Uh, it'll be located east of where their stadium is now. The projected cost, $2.2 billion. It's mm. how much that bad boy. The Titans will, That's not a lot, though, right? Does well, they're yeah. The Titans ownership will put up eighteen. Um, sorry, sorry, eight hundred million uh, to help fund the project. The stadium will also be funded five hundred million by the state. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, man, that's a lot for the state to be. Yeah, it is. Bro, <laughs> well, how much did Jerry's Jerry Jerry Jones' stadium? His like- I, did Jerry finance all that himself? He may have. I don't know. No, I think uh, no. You know, I think he did also because he has somebody. He has. He said he has to have somebody in there three hundred days a year in order okay. for, to help him pay for that thing. Well, and he does. I mean, in terms of concerts and everything yep. else, he's always got something going on there. Uh, this was interesting. So the the guy who won the silver medal, who came in second place to Jesse Owens in the in the nineteen thirty six Olympics in Berlin when he won in front of Hitler, which was and unbelievably significant. Uh, his name was uh, Carl Ludwig Herman. Uh, Luz was his nickname. He was the men's long jump silver medalist who came in second. Uh, he his that medal sold for four hundred and eighty-eight thousand four hundred and thirty-five dollars. Mm. That's all. Yeah, just yes. I thought it'd be more than that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it still was, a good was, chunk of change. Still, that's almost a half a million dollars. Yeah, that's Germany's most valuable silver medal ever. Uh, wow, this, he was killed in 1943 while serving in the German army. Army, so wow, he died seven years later. That's before but, taxes, uh, Barrett. <laughs> yeah. so how much? You, how much you getting out of that? So it didn't look yeah, as yeah. good as it was for 400 something. That, that is good. a very good. I point. thought it would be close to a million, considering the significance of that medal. I thought wow. so too. I thought so too. Wow. Uh, Josh Gordon has been released from the practice squad of the Titans. That oh. uh, may be it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you know, had ten. You've had more chances than a cat has lives. I mean, that's he, it. That means he probably can't play because they don't have a ton of weapons, you no, know, on on the no. outside, especially. So that might be uh, that might unless be he asks for it. I don't know if he's in a position. Uh, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Um, all right. So from an eagle perspective, off this week, you get the bye week. You get the rest up. Now, the way the schedule plays coming out of the bye for the Eagles, first up is going to be the Steelers, and that game is going to be here in Philadelphia. It's 1 o'clock. The following week, they have the quick turnaround. That's a Thursday night game. So they're in Houston after that. Then if Wentz is healthy and playing, it'll be Carson and the the Washington Commanders on Monday night. So we go, guys, Thursday night, Monday night uh, in consecutive weeks. Wow, what good times! Yes. Wait, like, did what? you say like did, two games? Did you say another Monday night game? Days? No, they'll have time off in between, so they'll play Thursday and have the long, you know, ten day off 
actually it'll be 11 days. They'll play Thursday the 3rd, and then they don't play until the 14th. So it's Thursday night at Houston, Monday night here against Washington. So it's the 3rd the is the game against Houston, and the 14th is the game against Washington. They have a nice little stretch. It's almost like a little mini bye week. Yeah, it's like uh, 20 days. It's like 20 days with what, two games. A lot of days off. Yeah, a lot yeah. of days off. Mm. Then they're at the Colts, and then it's Green Bay, Tennessee. So that's what they have uh, on on deck uh, for the Eagles. And again, as of right now, they're still favored in every single game that they're going to be playing. And rightfully so. And it's yeah, not changing. Yep. Yeah, not, not changing certainly yeah, when you're undefeated. Yeah, that's for sure. It will not be changing. Um, so that's what the Eagles have coming up. I think – I think they had to go in today for some treatment and maybe some film, and then they'll they'll right. be off the rest of the until the following following the week. Right, right. Start all up. They've next week. Yeah, uh, they certainly have. Uh, so I mentioned the Phillies. Phillies play tomorrow night uh, against the Padres. That first game, first pitch will be eight oh three, and then uh, Wednesday is an afternoon game, which will be four thirty five. Back here in Philadelphia, first time in a long time with NL, with LCS games. They'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday here. The Sunday game is if necessary. Then they go back to San Diego on Monday and Tuesdays. Tuesday, so that's uh, where the Flyers are. Uh, excuse me, the Phillies are. We didn't talk about. We uh, other than saying that they're undefeated. Um, looking ahead to the Flyers and what they have coming up here tomorrow night. Boy, tomorrow you got the Sixers, the Flyers, and the Phillies. Jeez. Flyers are at day. Tampa. Yeah, Flyers are at Tampa at seven o'clock. Phillies, of course, eight oh three as we just mentioned uh, against the uh, Padres, and then the Sixers are seven thirty against the Boston Celtics. Man, pretty pretty busy Tuesday, random Tuesday in, in you know October. I, uh, I know it's early in the season, um, but if they go down there and beat Tampa, I mean Tampa's a good team, good skater yep. team. My goodness, yeah. you gonna beat Tampa, man? You you know what? You got to start paying closer attention to this team. I don't care yep. if it is three games into the season. Yeah, um, it's there's there's an interesting piece. Uh, it was ESPN.com. I think it was Emily Kaplan who wrote it, but saying how last year was the, the players said it was essentially like a country club atmosphere, and now with Tortorella, it's a it's a completely different deal. Like there's accountability. You know, guys are being, you know, tasked with with leadership roles that maybe didn't want to do it last year. You know, it, it's if you get a chance to check it out, it's a pretty interesting piece. But that's a mm. uh, that's a big change up, man, from where things are. So that's that's kind of where we're at right now, sports wise. I, you know, obviously, I think the focal point, the most attention tomorrow night would be on the Phillies. I think the Sixers will get a decent amount of love. I think it could be a bit of a struggle for the Flyers tomorrow night in terms of eyeballs. So, so what do you think will be the first thing out of the announcers' mouths? tomorrow for the Phillies game when they set the stage for this matchup, what's the first storyline do you think they'll bring up in the game? Oh, for uh, who? the Flyers from a Philly no, standpoint, Phillies. Phillies. Yeah. Mm. Rob Thompson. I agree. Yep. Turn around. On I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. I, I think Thompson and then, then they probably go the route of, Philly players who have been around a decent amount of time and haven't got just are getting their first taste of the playoffs, like Nola, like Hoskins. You know, kind think of about that. Yeah. yeah, none of them guys have seen any playoff experience. If you no. haven't came from another team, you haven't had any playoff experience. Yeah, and look, the great thing is they don't seem that phased, man. This team's no. pretty, pretty level. So that's a. And, that's and a then game. I think uh, the the third or fourth storyline will be Bryce Harper is red hot. 
Yes. They're always going to work hard for the equation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that'll be one of the top four storylines, how hot he's gotten all of a sudden when he basically tiptoed through September. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's put a wrap on this bad boy. We have the National Football Show coming up with Dan Cilio. You don't want to go anywhere. He's got you coming up. I want to thank Xander Krause producing the program. All of you in the chat room, you guys are the absolute best. Everybody streaming, everybody listening, everybody watching. We're back at it same time tomorrow for Barrett, for Derek. I am Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We will see you tomorrow, 12 Eastern to three Eastern for three hours of power. Thanks for watching everybody. Have a great, great Monday. Go to get your game on, go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner.
Coloring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.